What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. Thank you guys for joining. I love each and every one of you. It's been a little bit. It's been about a month since dropping a last, uh, since dropping the last episode, and I do apologize for that, guys. I really wanted to unplug as much as I possibly could and just focus on living in the real world with my kids and family, especially this summer. We took an epic trip to the Grand Canyon and I just really wanted to spend as much time and just really focus on on them this summer especially you know my kids are getting older they're 13 11 and man I'll tell you what it is you know it does it does fly by man I can't I think it was Rick Doblin I heard say uh in, in reference to parenting you know you spend all that time kind of wishing that they get older and it kind of feels like it takes forever but then you look back and it, it went a blink and it uh, in the blink of an eye. So really been focusing on that. And then also really keeping my head down and working very hard on my company, Imposed Will. This is something that has been a part of my life for a very long time. I started Imposed Will t- over 10 years ago now. And it's been uh, something I've put on the back burner uh, several times yeah, it's always kind of been there with me throughout my fighting career, and I've really been focused and working really hard on building this company and growing it and turning that into a success. And it's been it's been taking a lot of my my time. So I'm really trying to find that balance between sticking with consistently uh, releasing episodes and having great content for you guys and, and, you know, having conversations and, and doing everything that I love to do with podcasting because I do thoroughly enjoy podcasting and sitting down and having conversations with people, but I'm also very focused on building this company and it can be very difficult doing both having your energy split into two. So I'm really trying to find that balance. So I really appreciate you guys for rocking with the show still. It really means the world to me. I could not do this without you guys. Every time I drop an episode and I see that you guys are listening, it, it man, it blows me away. So thank you guys so much from the bottom of my heart. It really means the world. Uh, I do have to ask, if you are getting value out of the show, please help continue to support it just by subscribing. If you haven't already, I cannot ask you guys this enough but just leave a rating and review on apple Podcasts. that helps tremendously also uh share it with your friends uh all of these things really really help you can also help support the show by going to imposedwill.com uh you can save 10 percent by using that code outside when you check out and you can get official podcast merch there as well. We just dropped a brand new t-shirt. Go over and check that out again, imposedwill.com. We have a full line of apparel there, but we do also carry all of the exclusive outside perspective merch there. So you can save 10% on everything just by using the code outside. And again, that is an amazing way that you can support the show. 
as always, big thank you to our show sponsor, STL Deck and Fence. Go to stldeckandfence.com. If you are local to the St. Louis area and you're in the need of a deck and or fence, check these guys out. They are so professional. They do fantastic work. They are going to come out to you give you a personalized quote for free and then they will make the shit happen so let them know i sent you they'll take care of you guaranteed all right let's get to today's guests i'm sitting down with uh an, a, a friend that i've had for a really long time but it's it's so funny i don't know if, it's probably just me fucking uh my fiance always tells me that i don't ask enough questions about people uh, in life, which is something I'm always trying to get better at, uh, which is ironic, right? Because I sit here and I have these conversations on the show, but I'm so guilty of knowing somebody for a very long time and not really going to, like, I don't ask a lot of questions. I just figure people will kind of give me the information and I usually don't, I don't like try to dig or get into personal business if I don't feel like that's my place. It's just kind of how I am. So this conversation was really cool because I've I've known Gabe Stein for a very long time through the gym now, uh, training, you know, MMA and jiu-jitsu and such. Uh, but I didn't really know his his story. And he has had a uh, a very challenging, rough go of it, to say the least. Uh, he's he's had some very low points in life, but the beauty is he has a, an amazing story of redem of redemption. So we really get into his story, which is which is awesome. Without giving too much away, at one point, you know, he was uh, homeless and addicted to heroin, and going through hell had has gotten to a place to where he has a great job. He's uh, he was a college wrestler. He has a uh, college degree. He is going to be pursuing fighting again um, post, a, post an injury, which we talk about. So he's just gone through a lot of shit and has come out on the other end a very productive, good, genuine human. And it's just a really cool story. So this was really awesome sitting down with Gabe. Let's get to this conversation. Again, we have... Gabe Stein, let's gain some perspective. It smells, it smells good. Damn, dude. I wonder if I'm going to drink. Not today. I'm not going to. I know I'm not going to today, but, man, there's just something. I, I was talking to Deja. I... I might drink in Vegas. When you going? We're going to Vegas in uh, November for Master Worlds for uh, IBJJF, so Jiu Jitsu tournament. And I'm like, man, I'll be in Vegas though. Just don't drink before. <laughs> 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 That's my only advice. No, I won't drink. Oh, no, I know. But dude, Vegas. The last time I was there, I didn't think I was gonna like it, and I had so much fucking fun. Oh yeah. We went to Fremont Street, and I just got so hammered. Off of like one drink, I got this tequila sunrise, and three fourths of the cup was tequila. It was oh, yeah. it was they, insane, bro. I couldn't believe it. I drank that whole thing, like that thing, the whole night, and uh, I was like, "Damn, dude, I had a fun ass night." But now, if I drink, I'm gonna I'm gonna feel like dog shit the next oh, day. Oh yeah, you, well, we drink too much. But I, if I th I think if I even have just one, 
I'm going to feel it the next day. I don't know about all that. Maybe. Oh, dude, it's been so long since I've drank. Especially at that point, it would be like a year and a half. <sighs> I don't know. We'll see. Earn it. <laughs> just, just earn that drink, and you'll be you'll be happy with it. We'll see. We'll see. I went to Vegas for a week with Garrett once, and uh, that was a pretty good time. We were running around doing, you know, stuff. <laughs> trying make, to make weasel money. out whatever we could from the system. Make some money, baby. But, uh, yeah, we stayed on Fremont. I was there every day. I run up and down it every day. That place was awesome. It's a fun time. Oh, yeah. A lot of weirdos. <laughs> a ton of weirdos. I think that's my favorite part about Vegas was because I really enjoyed people watching. It's like one of my favorite things to do, just just to stare at people. It's almost rude the way I stare at people, but there I can just do it. So. Yeah. No, they want you. Yeah, they have. <laughs> I remember vividly they had their circles. Their circles. <laughs> well, like you could do whatever you want in that circle. Yeah. You know what, though? I think. To a degree. I can't remember if it was Vegas or maybe it was, maybe it was whenever I was visiting San, or San Francisco. Maybe it was San Francisco. I th- one of the two, they're more progressive because instead of just having something out there to get cash, they just had a sign with their cash app and their Venmo and shit. <laughs> I'm like, that's the way to do it. Make it easy. Make it easy, bro. Just make it easy. And then it's just less for you to actually have to deal with. I always think that whenever you're driving and, like, you see there's a bridal shower or something, someone puts their cash app, I'm always like, I wonder how many people actually do that. Like they're just randomly like, hey, somebody actually did it. Dude, I see people do that for their birthdays. They'll make a yeah. post of like, if you just want to shoot me some money. Dude, if everybody sent you like five bucks, you know, 100 people send you five bucks, she got 500 bucks. Yeah, I'd be happy with five bucks once. I'd be like, hey, fuck it. Shit. Pay it off. It's legit. Just a couple <laughs> clicks of my finger, right? <laughs> That's what's up. <sighs> Gabe motherfucking Stein. That's right. Dude, so let's, let's, let's just fucking dive into into your story because I don't even know your story and I've known you for quite some time. Like yeah. I, I've heard bits and pieces of it, but you've come to a point in life where, uh, you've overcome a lot of fucking shit. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. Not an easy life, but, uh, it's made me tough. Yeah. That's for sure. What was it like as a ki- like when you were growing up, dude? Um, growing up like what age? Well, well I mean, where would you want to start? Um, like as a kid. So I was always a little rebellious as a kid. Um, to kind of dive right into it, I died at a pretty young age, which I don't even know if you knew about that. Died as a young? I died at, a, at four years old. My brother, who I take care of, he actually killed me what? on accident. Threw me down some steps. We were messing around. I was fighting to get this little Power Ranger toy from him. I think it was a red Power Ranger. I had the whole collection, but I didn't have the red, and I got it, and I was fired up, and I wanted it bad. <laughs> and uh, he wouldn't give it to me, and he's older and bigger. Yeah. Uh, but so I pretty much, like, threw myself down the stairs. He, like, stepped to the side. And uh, I remember in that moment floating above my mom, and she I could feel the panic in the air, and, you know, it was not good. And I, I floated, you know, through the cosmos and uh, got face-to-face with him, you know, had it been God. And... I felt really good. I went from feeling panic to she's my mom's going to be okay because I felt bad for her that her son had died, myself. And I was thinking this as a four-year-old kid. So <laughs> it really makes me question other little kids when I see them. I'm like, man, they understand a lot more than you give yeah. them granted for. But anyways, floated through, came to God, and I was like, I had this feeling come over me like I'm not supposed to be here. Like you get your hand caught in a cookie jar. That's almost how I felt. And instantly in that moment, I woke up in my mom's arms, and she was screaming everybody, he's alive, he's alive. And this all actually happened. I was dead for a few minutes. They had to use paddles to bring me alive. 
So growing up. So what happened there? Hold on. <laughs> you can't just be like, so grow- <laughs> <laughs> growing up, I was a little different because I couldn't, I couldn't speak of the, I, not that I couldn't speak. I couldn't even understand it. It was so over my head for many years. You, so you had this experience that was so profound and it just even like, there was no words for you to even understand. Oh yeah. Nobody I could even talk to about it. I'd ask my mom. I still bring it up to my mom, and my sister to this day, like describe the event to me and they, they won't even talk about it. What happened? So okay, so what exactly? Okay, so I don't even know medically what happened. No, I no hold went on. Went down a flight of steps and it messed me up. Okay, so back up. So how many steps would you say? Like a flight, like a big ass flight of steps? Oh, dude, I ran at him like I was like gonna take him out, like you, Brian Erlacher. So you try to charge? <laughs> yeah, and he stepped to the side and, and then, I like and threw myself down the steps. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if Eric killed you. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he wouldn't give me my Power Ranger, and he said he literally chose the top of the stairs to say if you want it come get it and then st- step to the side <laughs> me being four years old him being nine. Oh wow you know? he totally <laughs> baited you into that <laughs> he huh? baited me in big time shit so you so you went head first down these stairs yeah i assume head first i don't even know i i actually remember going down the stairs like being like oh fuck and then waking up in my mom's arms panic everywhere i was blue so you hit your head probably like, knocked yourself of, out yeah had to have yeah so have you heard any other accounts of like what happened other than like from that? No one will th- talk about it. No one's told you from the outside what happened to you. Yeah, Eric, he was, he he's you know not the most with it sometimes, so I can't really get much to out of him. And my mom and sister, um, they uh, they won't speak of it. Really? Yeah, it hurt them so much they won't talk about oh, it. Wow. Even now, like I tried writing a paper just... um, on the immortality of the soul, mm-hmm. and um, they wouldn't. They wouldn't give me anything to like throw in there. Oh wow! Because they won't even was, talk about so it. There's so much trauma. They're just like, yeah, no, they, I'm not they, dealing with this. Yeah, they won't. They won't. They don't want to deal with. It. To me, it's nothing. I'm like, no, it's good. We're over it. Like we're we're through this. Like I'm doing great. I'm yeah, you know, successful. Everything's good. Everything's all right. Dude, what made you want to write that paper? This experience that experience um, influenced that. Well, I went to and some Linwood subsequent. for philosophy. I went to Mobep at first, transferred to Linwood for philosophy, um, and I there was just a option for a paper to write on, and I. Oh, wow. It was like, I mean, I know the soul exists, but I obviously have to throw some reasoning in there. And a past event isn't necessarily solid reasoning, but it was something interesting kind of piques some interest, you know. Yeah. Have, the, have the instructor be like, oh, man, I never heard this before. So what was your what's your take on the soul? Oh, it doesn't die, that's for sure. It carries on to a much better place potentially. You know, I really believe that this earth is hell. I don't know if there's a underground lair I believe that this earth is hell, and I believe your only key to heaven is the morality that God puts in you, and you can either choose to follow it or not. And if you follow it, you'll probably get into heaven, and if not, you'll probably be stuck living in sin, chasing everything that everybody thinks is, you know, what matters, but they're all confused. And I mean, I get confused every day, too. I'm not a perfect being at all, (sighs) but I've got, like, a little extra insight to where, like, I... You know, most people screw up like maybe 80% of the time. I screw up maybe like 79.99. Like I got maybe a little edge, but. Yeah. Dude. I don't know. Yeah. We're all just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like nobody knows what the fuck is like. Every day, we're all just trying to figure out what to do every day. Really? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like we're all just fucking just running around here, just just trying to, to put the pieces together. Um I'm rambling. It's all good. <laughs> so, yeah, needless no. to say, I was a little, um, oh, no. I always questioned everything growing up because of this experience. Because I of was experience. always kind of honorary. Yeah. But, I mean, I wasn't like a punk kid or anything. But um, people would always say things like they knew that it was the capital T truth. And I would just look at them. Yeah. 
But I mean, you're a little kid, so what authority do you freaking have? You know? Yeah. So it was it was yeah. a lot of that growing up, which kind of set me apart from everybody else yeah. in the room. Yeah, dude, that's interesting, man. So you fucking died. How long were you dead for? Like you stopped. Not breathing? long enough to be completely retarded. <laughs> Just I'm half not retarded. brain dead. I'm not brain dead. No, yeah. Um, a, a couple minutes, I I would I'm assume. Yeah, I yeah. remember when I saw myself, I was I was purple as an eggplant. Somebody give you CPR. Yeah, they use the paddles. I mean, four years old. Yeah, using an the, AED. Huh? I think it's called an AED. AED, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what they used to to bring me back, and it worked, thankfully. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's what's up, dude. They didn't shock your fucking heart back. Do you have heart issues? Dude, I have no issues. I'm as healthy as a horse. Really? Yeah. Every now and again, I'll get a brain fart, and I'm like, I wonder if that's from that traumatic brain injury, or it's just from, like, you know, boxing or being, you know, a human. Yeah. Man, dude. Yeah, I doubt it's from that. It could be, though. Holy shit. What else has happened to you? Uh, <laughs> all types of stuff. So, have you died um, have you died more than once? Uh, no. I have not died more than once, um, thankfully. But I definitely should have died many times. Oh, wow. That's for sure. So, um Dude, so that's a crazy experience. Yeah. So that that definitely probably how how did that influence the way you you viewed the world as you're growing up? Um, or some of the decisions that you made that led people, you down the, the people path would, that you went. People would act like everything was such a big deal. Yeah. And my overall look was, you fucking people got no idea. Really? You guys think a fucking traffic light matters? You think turning in this freaking paper on time matters? Yeah. I'm like, do you guys know what else is going on right now? Like, Kind of like when you see, like, you see yourself in your room, and then it zooms out, and then it's your house. And then you zoom out, and it's the St. Louis. And then you zoom out, it's the state of Missouri. Yeah. And then the United States. And then the Earth. And then the cosmos. And then you kind of realize how Small. I kind of have always had this idea mm. just always running through my head to where I'm just like – and I, I I get caught up in it too, you know. I'll oh, be yeah. Like freaking out about shit that don't even matter. Dude, we're all just people. But, uh, but yeah, so that definitely uh, – caused me to be pretty rebellious as a kid mm. um my mom she's orthodox jew super religious i was raised highly religious um was not about it at all um mostly because of what i was just saying my mom is like i kind of describe her as a cross between uh judge judy and the <laughs> mom from malcolm in the middle okay uh she's pretty uh hard person to be around to say the least we don't talk too much anymore um which is unfortunate but it's just the way it is. Yeah, it's just the, the ebb and flow uh, of life. Yeah, but uh, so she's a she's a my way or the highway kind of person, you know, rules with an iron fist, and uh, I didn't like that ruling. So I kinda, <laughs> when I I started smoking weed at a young age. How were you? Uh, great story. So my bar mitzvah, <laughs> being Jewish and all, I do at thirteen. Uh, I got way too much money for my bar mitzvah, you know, several thousand dollars. And uh, I was, you know, a pretty good kid then. Um, but my friends, my older brother Eric, he's five years older than me. Several of my friends in the neighborhood were his friends too. So I was, I always hung out with cats older than me. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they know I got this money and they're like, hey, Gabe, will you buy me some weed? And like, I don't give a shit. I'm like, this money was free to me, so might as well be free to you. Like, that's kind of how I saw it. I was yeah. like, I got more and I know what to do with. So I asked him, like, 
what do I get? I don't know anything about weed. These motherfuckers had me buy them a quarter pound. QP. <laughs> yeah. Holy. I didn't know anything. I thought that's how it was sold. Like, <laughs> and then when I, th- when I, heard, I didn't even think that was that much when I heard it. I was like, that's not very heavy. I'm like a hundred and something pounds. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I bought them a shitload of weed. Uh, it was poopy weed. You know, it was back in 2000 and man, probably 2003, four. Yeah, shit. Yeah. 2003 or brick, four. Oh yeah. Weed. Poop. Just poo- I'd flush it down the toilet now. Yeah, it's trash. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so I bought it for them, and they were smoking on it for days. Mm-hmm. You know, I was hanging out with them. I didn't smoke on it, and I didn't smoke on it. A, I wasn't interested in. B, I was fearful of my mom because mm. I knew she'd whoop my ass, like literally beat my ass. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, not only would she whoop your ass, like she'd whoop your ass and like put you in rehab and like never let it go. <laughs> we eventually went down that route, but uh. So they're passing it back and forth. It was like a scene in a movie. Like I'm literally sitting in between my two friends and they're packing it back and forth. And, and, uh, and then literally like I had that moment come over me. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like this is your weed. I was like, give me this motherfucker. And they're like, are you sure? And, yeah. And now the rest was history was, after that. That was the catalyst. The rest was history. That story, man. You're fucking looking. You're making weed look like a gateway drug. Uh uh Cannabis is not the gateway drug. No, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> being in the wrong state I'm of mind seasoned. is yeah. what takes you anywhere. You can be... Anybody, I, mean, I have friends who are doctors, lawyers. Oh, yeah. They all smoke weed, you know, everybody. I'm just teasing you, buddy. But, uh, so, uh, it's all good. <laughs> so that was it, though, huh? That was the fucking catalyst for you. How you were, you were 13? Well, that's that when time? I just started smoking weed. I still do to this day. Yeah. I think I'm doing pretty fucking good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was 13, uh, yeah, just uh, right after my bar mitzvah. So I probably, yeah, just turned 13. Yeah, dude, I think I was 14 the first time I ever tried weed. Yeah. Fucking, uh, oh, fucking Alex Hudson and Otis Morrison. Those are <laughs> fucking homies. Still to this day, huh? <laughs> Still to this day. I haven't seen them in forever. That's funny. But, uh, yeah, they're my so homies. you're 13. So did you, so did you, did you do anything else in school like that? Or was that, was that like your primary drug? Did you drink and shit in high school? A little bit. I had a friend, uh, Matt Emily, his mom was, uh, got pretty heavy into drugs. And I remember... Uh, I started taking pills every now and again, oh. and then that was that was not ever really good. But um, I was always running to drugs because it was so hard living with my mom. She was such a hard person to get along with. Yeah, she was very up in your face, wouldn't give you no space. It was very much, you know, I'm your mom. You know, you. Oh, you have to you listen. Know, like, I'm yeah, your parent, you listen. Yeah, I'm your parent. You're listening. Like, does that come it. from just like the like the Orthodox religious? No, no, nobody's standpoint? like my mom. My mom's just freaking. She freaking. Rules with an iron fist like freaking Mother Russia. Some people are like <laughs> that, bro. Yeah. There are a lot of people like that, believe it or not. Yeah. I mean, she's a very strong-willed yeah. woman. You know, I can... Was I it can just your mom that. that raised you? No, my dad, he raised me as well. I had seen him, uh, it was like 50-50 split visitation. Oh, okay. My dad was super most laid-back guy in the whole world. He didn't... <laughs> He's a little too laid-back. He mm. should have He should have worked a little harder, cared a little more. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he was... He was an old Vietnam vet, ended up dying from, from shit he did back back in the uh dude, back Viet- in the day. Vietnam was hard on fucking people, dude. Oh yeah, he spent his senior year of high school in Vietnam. I mean really? fucking imagine that. I mean, imagine dude. being eighteen years old. Eighteen years old in the fucking jungle. Oh my god, I seeing the shit just yeah. living with the amount of fear that oh. you live with. Oh my god, that'd be so horrible. Just think about being exposed to like Agent Orange or oh, yeah. fucking 
is it age is it agent is yep. it agent yeah yep. agent or just any of the number of fu- or sometimes it, the, especially the lower ranking people they have to fucking burn like all the shit from the, like the soldiers because yeah. it would all just be like in this huge ass latrine they have to burn that shit off so bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> so many people got fucked up in oh, that yeah. war. My dad, he was doing heroin when he was in Vietnam. A lot, so a lot of people got hooked to heroin yeah, in Vietnam. Yeah, I mean, I don't fault him. You Did know? he stick with it when he got back? For a little bit when he got back, yeah. Um, and then he had to get catching hepatitis C. I don't know if he caught it. I don't know when, you mm. know, whether it was in Vietnam or once he got back home. Yeah. But uh, so he used heroin for a little bit. He got off of it. I don't. I know he wasn't on it, you know, yeah. for very long. Probably only yeah. a couple of years or whatever. Dude, a lot of a lot of those soldiers soldiers who did heroin in Vietnam when they got home they stopped. Yeah, yeah. No, when he got home he stopped. He got really big into LSD though. But I mean, mm. it was back in the seventies. You know, it was during all that time. Sounds like a great time to be. That's yeah, like, so my, the best yeah. He was LSD definitely. He was definitely a partier. I like to have a good time. Dude, it blows me away to think about how at a certain point St. Louis was actually one, like the hub for LSD. Because I can't remember which major guy was uh, who it was. I, can't, fuck, I don't know why I can't remember his name. But either way, he basically he moved here just because he was kind of like fleeing where he was. I can't. I think he was coming from. He was just moving further and further east. And he like bought a house out in Eureka, and was just just fucking just pumping out tons and tons of LSD, like some of the best shit. I never heard that. Yeah, bro. I, I, need, to, I need to fucking look it up, and I'll tell you precisely who it was. I can't remember what documentary I was watching about this. But, yeah, St. Louis used to be like a major spot for LSD, bro. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Yeah, no, I, I never would have thought the uh, the history of St. Louis tied to that. It's one of my favorite compounds. Oh, yeah, no, it's – I've had some of the best moments and some of the worst moments on it, that's for sure. Dude, whenever <laughs> – you always, the thing is, man, you always just need to be in the right state of mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, the first time I ever ate LSD, I was in the basement with a bunch of my, my one good buddy, but I didn't know any of his other friends. And I actually became good friends with all of these people later on, you know, throughout the years. But it was my first time meeting them. They're all super gothic. Oh, really? How old are I'm you? I'm not gothic at all, or, like, never have been. Um, then I was 17, I think. Okay, so this is a long time ago. Yeah, yeah I think I was 17. And uh, that was my first time ever eating acid. And we were just sat in the basement. They had freaking Alice. They had a giant, like, it was literally, like, probably, like, seven foot, seven or eight foot by, like, four foot of just Alice Cooper's eye. <laughs> oh, and what? after just two hits eye. of acid, just his one eye, you know, it's got the painting around it. Yeah. Dude, after, holy shit, yeah, that was, it was not really a good vibe. His uncle came down. And took their they we had a snake that we were playing with. Yeah. We had, he had several snakes. He took the snake and put it in his head, act like he was about to bite it off. This motherfucker was weird. Their dad, holy shit, dude, oh. he was just fucking because he knew we were all tripping on acid. So oh wow, I was wigging out. By the end of the night, I was down in my room holding my holding my forehead with like my hair in my hand, and I was going th- literally. I was saying this to myself probably like a hundred times. I was going, "This is why my mom said don't do drugs. Don't do drugs." Oh, I couldn't believe it. I I was eat- I made her, you know, I had to eat her words. Yeah, because you're having a terrible, you're having <laughs> terrible, a terrible time. time huh? Yeah, so I learned go outside on a sunny day. Don't sit in a basement with a bunch of gothic kids. <laughs> That's a terrible. Yeah. So it was was that your kind of first experience in, into like harder substances? Not that's not even really hard. But you know what I'm saying into more intense substances rather as opposed to um no, uh, I was using pills. My my buddy's mom, he was she was on uh a lot of opiates and stuff, so mm. I started using those. But only for a short time. Um I didn't really understand 
anything. You know, I didn't even know an opiate was. I didn't know shit. I just knew I'd take this pill and I feel good all day, like really good. Yeah. Uh, but I got away from that for a little bit. Um, moved in with my dad. My mom kicked me out. She woke me up one day and said, get the hell out of my house. I'm really tired of living with you because I was smoking weed. I wasn't even doing anything that bad. Like I would take like, you know, a pill every now and again. I mean, I was being a, not the best kid, but I yeah. mean. You were probably hard to deal with. You ever think about that? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm sure, Dude, yeah. Teenagers are terrible, bro. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> teenagers yeah. are terrible, but not so terrible you should kick them out the fucking house. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> well, that was kind of her uh, her motto. Well, I wasn't the first she kicked out. Oh, really? But, uh, uh, yeah, she kicked my sister out, too, when she was freaking pregnant. Oh, damn. Oh, yeah, my mom don't give a shit. Told her to go live in the Salvation Army, and, and she did. My oh, sister really? had to raise her baby in the Salvation Army. Oh, dude, my mom was cold. Really? Yeah, you don't yeah. want to live the way that she wants you to live, then she's yeah. she don't want nothing to do with you. Dang. Yeah. How old is your sister? She's 41. Or how old was she then? 18. She's an 18-year-old kid? 18-year-old girl. <sighs> Man. Pregnant. My mom had spare bedrooms in our house. I know. Here's Here's the tough part about that, though. Here's, cause here's the thing, I try to look at both sides. It's like, man, how the fuck can you just put somebody out like that? But on that same note, I can almost understand the anger that you. I'm not, I'm not justifying the action because you probably shouldn't do that. But I can almost just, like, I can almost understand. If, it was the if, if you, you think you're an adult, okay, go be an adult. Then go be an adult. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's and like you gotta right, let them learn on their own. Well, sometimes. I've told you. I, I can only assume your mom probably told her not to be doing that kind of shit. Oh no! Yeah, my sister was a freaking huge troublemaker. So it's she like, was a bad kid. It's for like sure. it's like man, if I, it's like I told you not to do this thing, <laughs> oh, yeah, not to no, do this she, thing, not to do this thing, and then yeah. you just did this fucking thing that you no, just yeah. have this irreversible consequence from. It's like all right, you need to go fucking be an adult. But on that same note, it's like fuck, dude, how do you put your kid out there, right? Because I always think about the, the idea that in in the eyes of society an 18 year old is an adult yeah but you're just a f- just made up dude you don't that's, reject shit that's the dumbest fucking idea that we've ever put out there sure you're done with school you like yeah. all right you have no more required schooling at that point in time all right yeah but at the end of the day you're still a fucking child you're still a kid if you yeah. you can even physically look at kids and they're they're still developing no, and changing no yeah dude they literally just like learned how to breed like they don't know jack <laughs> shit dude and you think they can your brain's not even fully developed till you're 25. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, but for some reason, we tell these 18-year-olds that they're adults. And but they don't know the rights. They don't know how to pay their own bills. They, they don't know how to do their own taxes. They don't okay. know how to do anything. Mm. Your, your, your brain isn't even able to even think through things all the way or even have the, have the necessary perspective to make large choices. You know what I mean? But we then we, but, you know, we weigh them down with hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. Like, <laughs> you can't even think about... When you're ever signing on the dotted line, bro. Oh, dude, I've got so much student debt, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. But my point is, I, I kind of understand where your mom was coming from. But on yeah. the same note, it's like, damn, dude, that's so fucked up. I feel so conflicted because I'm trying to look at both sides yeah, you of have it. kids. I don't have any kids. I know. <laughs> so I, I have no idea what it's like to be a parent. Oh, man, it's wild. There's a, there's a good saying. That, uh, but I can't ever think, I, I don't think I'd ever see myself doing that. No, yeah, most people. But, I, but I can I can understand being angry enough to want to do that. To at least have a thought. You know what I'm saying? To be yeah. like, you know what, dude? Like, all right, I fucking I've been telling you, I've been trying to do my fucking best, and all right, you want to go fucking be an adult? All right, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> here, have at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, she's always been that way. Here, here, have at it. <laughs> but, uh, oh shit, bro. Anyway, oof. I digress. You're all right. <laughs> uh. So yeah. 
I moved in with my dad when I was 15. Okay. Um, and my neighbor was Jermaine Andre, and that's how I. That's how you got into. That's how I got sports. into MMA and everything. Yeah. Jermaine Andre. That's an interesting way to get into fucking fighting. Oh yeah, oh, yeah dude. So I remember. Because he's an interesting there, character. Oh yeah, he's he's definitely an interesting guy. Uh, dude, he would be on his front porch like spinning his sword and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be like holy shit. He that's had back pen- when he was Jack though. Oh he's oh he's freaking huge. Yeah. He d- still is, ain't he? Well, it, I mean. He, oh, he was a scary dude. He's in great shape, but obviously you know I mean he's older. Yeah. He's not he's not like his young prime self. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He's he's in great shape. He used to have this pet rabbit that he would that it always hang out with him on the front porch you would never let nobody pet it yeah yeah uh so that's funny we were all scared of him we were scared shitless of him because i was told that he was like an underground fighter and there that's was a true. there was a movie um well not how i pictured it i can't remember oh, what not the like, movie was. like what's the, the movie with michael j white where uh he fights in the prison system oh yeah like that's what i pictured in my mind yeah Dude, so I, you know, I I had Jermaine on the on the podcast, yeah, dude. Yeah, listen and, to it. And I mean, that's kind of how he explains it, right? I mean, he did fight at the prison, according. Oh. I mean, that's what he was saying. Okay, yeah, like, I missed that part. Yeah. Or I forgot about it. You know, so much has happened no, since that's, then. No, that's what he was saying, man. Yeah, like. The, so I it mean, was. He was. I remember it was. There was this aura. The, yeah. This aura over him that was like. Scary. And like, I would walk by his house, and, like, you just see his feet up in the air going up and down. He, like, he was doing handstand push-ups. Just all types of stuff. So dude, he's was, a bad – yeah, dude. Dude, oh, he was telling yeah. me, man, yeah, he fucking – he. I mean, he grew up fighting, obviously. Yeah, just, I remember he used to break horses. I remember yeah. that. And that's pretty oh, really? impressive. Yeah. Oh, like, wow. Like horses that were wild that, I didn't know that couldn't be tamed. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, dude. Maybe you – I've talked to so many people. But, yeah, dude, I, I know – I think I, in Wyoming – yeah, I remember him telling yeah. me or it was either Wyoming or Idaho. Yeah, one of those. It might be Wyoming. You're probably right. Either way, yeah, I know he had gotten in trouble, but yeah, he talked about how how the guards just yeah they were just yeah just, he started training people to fight in prison. His well, he was also fighting though. Yeah, he did. He tra- yeah, yeah. So, anyways, it was Fourth of July. It was the third of July, and uh, me and my punk ass friends we were uh, shooting fireworks off. You know before you're supposed to like everybody you know should and will continue to because it's freaking fun as hell uh so we're so we're like uh pretty much right behind jermaine's house because his house kind of backed up to this uh field right behind st charles west that we always played in and did degenerate stuff in (laughs) Um, so we're shooting off fireworks in the middle of the night it's probably i don't know it's dark out probably midnight something this big dude comes up and you, I assume it's a police officer because he's got a really bright flashlight, like the ones with like the the white beam, not the yellow beam. You know, kinds of like a cop. Care. I'm like, oh fuck, you know, there's cops coming up again. It's not a cop, it's Jermaine. And I was actually, when I seen it being him, yeah, it was my first time having like a real like confrontation with him, actually seeing him. I was wishing it was a cop coming up because, like, I almost shit my pants. You are more scared of him. Oh, yeah, dude. I was like, this guy's going to fucking murder me. <laughs> That's what I thought. I thought he was going to kill me. And, uh. He looks up, he yells at all my friends, it's too late, what are you guys doing, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then he looks at me, and he goes, ain't you my neighbor? And I go, yeah, and he, dude, he, it was fucking perfect, dude, this shaped the rest of my life to come. He goes, boy, you need a fucking role model. <laughs> and maybe he didn't say the F word, I don't remember, I yeah. don't think he did. I think he just goes, boy, you need a role model. That's some shit he would say. And, and uh... That stuck with me. Okay. Like, that literally stuck with me because I always liked watching kickboxing and stuff, and it was something I was always into. I never had done it, but, it, you know, like, if, if I walked by a TV and saw it on, I'd stop and watch mm-hmm. over, like, anything else. You watch, like, those old Jean-Claude Van Damme movies? Oh, yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme. All of it. Oh, he has a new movie out. 
on Netflix. Yeah. It's just silly shit. I'm yeah, I'm sure it's freaking the ideas but those, ran out. But those old-ass movies were the best, bro. Yeah. Uh, so I remember that. He had an old location on Campus Drive. I started going to there. I remember that. Yeah. That's I, a, I've never been in there. I, I fucking used to run by there, and I thought about going in there, and I, yeah. heard, I heard they were just a little intense, to say not, put it nicely. Um, and uh, You got a little bit of everything, that's for sure. It, speaking of intensity, I remember he was definitely a you will train no matter what kind of guy. I tried not training one time because uh, I forgot my shorts. We had to do a workout. Yeah. Uh, he had us doing workouts, track treadmill sprints and all types yeah. of stuff. But uh, I had to do it in jeans, and I was like 17, 16, 17 at yeah. the time. Because I had jeans on. I forgot my shorts. Yeah. And I was like, I can't. And then I ended up doing it in jeans as a little kid. But, like, that kind of taught me, like, no you excuses. know. Yeah, like, why are you – like, you think you physically can't run on a treadmill because you have jeans on? Like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, if somebody tried to kill you right now, like, you could be wearing lead pants and you'd be freaking running as fast as you can. Yeah, that's true. So, like, that was a uh, – that was honestly my first time, like, having an idea, like, oh, wow, like, I, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Kind of, I can do that kind of yeah. mentality. Somebody made you kind of overcome what you thought you couldn't do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I trained there for a little while, stopped training, met a, started dating a girl who was 10 years older than me. Oh, that was a disaster, She was dude. 10 years older than you? Yeah. I was, you were 17? I was 17, started dating this 27-year-old girl with three kids. What a fucking disaster. Holy cow. Why would she want to date you? Oh, because she was a fucking loser. <laughs> Straight up. I mean, I hate to say that about somebody who I consider I had some form of love at some point in my life. We dated for like two years, and it was a fucking disaster. But I was I young bet. and retarded, and she yeah. liked to have a lot of sex. And, I mean, what little boy doesn't want to, you know, have <laughs> sex with a chick that's pretty hot, got big boobs, will bless you do whatever, get, you know, teach you what it is to be, you know, not to teach you what it is to experience a woman, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, wow. So uh, we uh, – How old were her kids? I was closer in age to her oldest kid than her. I remember that. Closer in age. Closer uh, in age to the oldest kid than, than her. A, than her. She was 10 years older than me, and I think I was like eight years older than her oldest kid. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was. They weren't babies, but uh, – I mean, he, if her oldest kid had been, what, like nine? If you're, yeah, if like you're nine and, and like five and Holy seven cow. or something like that. Wow. But I loved it, man. I was always – my family life was always all fucked up growing up. Yeah. And like still to this day, like I want to – I want a family, and I will have a family one day. Yeah. Um, but that kind of gave you that, but like that feeling. Can't of me get a little one. taste? Yeah, I liked yeah. it. You know? Were you working and stuff during that time? Oh, I was working my ass off way too much. When did you get your first job? When? Yeah. Oh, I started working when I was like 15 when I was still living with my mom. Uh, what were you doing? Uh, Working at Outback Steakhouse, <laughs> bussing tables. Dude, I feel like everybody should have some sort of job in the service industry. Oh, yeah. I've had tons of jobs in the service yeah, industry. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah it, it teaches you how to hold back that little, like, minor brain aneurysm you get when it's just, like, something pops in your head and yeah. you just want to fucking hop over the counter and strength. But instead, you hold it all back and yeah. you're like... You realize how shitty and rude people can be. Oh, yeah. But, it also but the kinda, show must go on. Yeah, and also <laughs> it makes you be a nicer person in general. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. At oh, times. Yeah. At times. Uh yeah. What were you saying? Um, uh, dude, well, you were, you were telling me about your, your relationship. Oh, yeah. 17. So I was dating this girl. I got staph infection, um, and I got prescribed painkillers. And her being a little older and wiser, we could say, uh, she was like, hey, you know, if you take two of those. I was just taking one or whatever. She's like, if you take two of those, you know, you'll really be feeling right. And I was like, really? Uh, you never had that but inside I, on your own? 
No, no, I didn't. But which is funny because I had taken opiates before, yeah, year, a couple years prior, um, from my friend's mom that I had stolen from her. But I didn't know anything. I didn't know what opiate. Was. I didn't know jack shit about nothing. I just knew, you know, take this blue pill and you kind of feel good. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, I did that, and then that took us down a really dark road. Both of us kind of went down it together. Ooh. We it was a slippery slope, as yeah. you know, Sorry, as you could say. Oh, yeah. I mean, sex on a bunch of opiates is pretty amazing, and that's, like, what my life turned to for a while. How do you keep the habit going, like, once you lose your, like, once you run out of your prescription? You always find a way to hustle to get more. You do whatever. Once you turn into a drug addict, you you find a way. Yeah, how do you find, like, what ways? Um, Flip, find friends who wanted to do them, too. All my stupid friends, they all wanted to do painkillers, too, so sell some to them, buy some more find somebody else eventually you, you can't exactly that's where that's where the road gets really dark <laughs> that's, that's where the road gets dark because eventually you can't fucking find painkillers no more but you know what you find some guy who says hey i can get you this shit called uh it, it didn't start out china white that's that's the good shit we started out on some fucking brown shit black tar heroin that's what i started really on. that's what that's fucking old head that's what that song black betty is, is about yeah you know that's oh black betty bam, bam, bam. yeah that's about black tar heroin oh fuck yeah that's so that's some bad shit, but uh, um. So that that's that's the progression, right? That so was the progression. Like I that, couldn't find painkillers eventually. That's where a lot of people start, right? They start on prescriptions. They're expensive, and then you you yeah. lose access. You, you meet some fucking old head. This dude was like in his sixties. Um, I think about him all the time. Honestly, I wonder if he's still alive. What his life's like? Really? Yeah, this guy introduced me to the fucking Satan. He's probably I'm, not in a good place. Any, any like? Oh no, he ain't up. doing good no more. No, you no. You think he's still alive? Who knows? It's a valid question, right? For him being a heroin addict, he was a uh, functioning heroin addict. Yeah. He worked hard every single day and yeah. all that jazz. But uh, so, how old were you at this point when you when you got into heroin? Um, fuck, my dad hadn't died yet. My dad died when I was eighteen, so I so guess you're still seventeen. You still seventeen. Yeah. Shit happened quick at seventeen. So you years went old. you went into heroin really fast. Yeah, shit started rolling real quick. Damn, when I was dude. seventeen years old. I never shot it, thank God. How do you do it? I would snort it. I'd go go buy Dorman, which is like a sleep aid, and I'd okay. chop it up with that. Towards the end of my addiction, I was snorting raw China White, which will kill most people. What is China White? It's just a That's the white form of heroin, like the good shit. Like you, the black tar heroin is like Reggie you get from fucking Mexico, brickweed bullshit. Okay. And then like the shit from the dispensaries would be like China White. Okay. Oh, shit. Yeah, so. Uh, What's the cost difference? I think a black tar back then was a hundred bucks a gram, and then China white was two hundred bucks a gram. How far does that go? For me, not very far. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, uh, but uh, it used to call be a bean. You could chop it up into beans, and I don't really remember how many I would make out of it. Maybe thirty. By the end of it, I'd be making like sixteen because I'd be making more concentrate. And by the end, I was just fuck the dormant. Just go straight just forward. In, just fucking straight to yeah, the cause fucking. Yeah, because your your uh, your tolerance is so high. Yeah. That uh, you know, you get, you spend all this money, you fucked your life so up so hard. You've spent all these terrible actions getting this high. You're like, I'm getting fucking high. Yeah. Regardless, but uh, so yeah, I got pretty out of control with that. My dad, he started uh dying on me pretty quick right around that age because he had hepatitis C for mm. thirty years. Oh, Interesting. Really? Got it from heroin too. The same thing that I was hooked on. Ruined. I knew it was ruining my life. I mean, I knew I was being That's a completely fucking dumb motherfucker, but I just didn't care i wanted to feel good i had problems with my mom my stepmom and i were at each other's throats 
my dad was dying. I just wanted something to make me feel good now. Yeah. You know, I needed to feel good right fucking now. And heroin was always there to give me a hug. Yeah. And make me feel warm and loving. And, whew, you know. You remember your first time doing it? Actually doing heroin? No. No, I can't say I necessarily do. You remember that, like, like that? It was a familiar feeling. By, like, the, by like, the first time I did it, it was already familiar because I had done painkillers several times by then. Oh, so it's pretty similar, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. The pharmaceutical reps are just big-time heroin fucking dealers. Damn, it's the same dude. fucking thing, dude. Really? You feel the exact fucking same. I've never had a draw torn. Like, I mean, I've 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 done some some pharmaceuticals. I mean, obviously, I've had surgery, so I've been prescribed, but I've never had a draw towards them. Yeah. Oh, don't. It's fucking. It feels too good. Yeah. It's like sex, man. Once you have it, you know. It is once you have it, you you want more. No, I mean, I've done it. It's just it's just not. It's it's never been the thing though. That's just like damn. Yeah, I want that. Yeah, no, everybody's different. Everybody's person. I think a lot of it was the state of mind I was in. Mm. My life was all fucked You're up. You're trying to address trauma. Yeah, I wanted to feel loved, mm. and heroin instantly made me feel loved. My mom, to be honest, you know, fuck, never grown up. She never made me feel loved, like wow. ever, ever grown up. She was always so hard on me. Um, Just too much push. Way too hard. You know, it's like, uh, you know, you can be abrasive and make something smooth but if you're too abrasive and you never change the grit that shit's yeah. gonna be freaking rough as hell did you see that a lot with kids who have just this really overbearing parents oh yeah even even the ones who don't go oh like, yeah dude my leash was like rails. a centimeter long well even the ones who don't go like completely off the rails and they still do fine in life but you'll see them like the moment they get a little bit of fucking freedom like those ones who are just like had none growing up they just go fucking crazy in college yeah. oh yeah no that exactly college and life or like you know what i'm saying they'll go on benders and different things and yeah. maybe maybe on the surface they look fine but either yeah. way they're still no you gotta they're still getting it out of their system you gotta let them know it's okay to fly and spread your wings you know you're gonna fuck up you're gonna yeah. you're gonna do a lot of dumb shit but you can't you know we're people we want our freedom we yeah. you know we at we want our liberty you know yeah, no matter 100%. no matter who you are you know you are your own person you know and as a kid you know you didn't choose to be born here your parent chose to put you you didn't chose to be here like i'm just fucking doing what i want to do like you chose to put me here but i didn't ask to be here like yeah get off my shit yeah dude, that's, some, that's something <laughs> i'm trying to understand with with you know obviously my son's being a teenager dude it's like he's getting into this phase in life where um yeah he just wants some independence you just you just want to have your own space to do whatever it is you want to do without any sort of judgment like with your friends yep. you don't even want like you know what I'm saying because you feel like parents are just constantly there to yeah. tell you what you can't do yeah kind of cramp your style yeah they're like uh they're like the sun setting like you know it's gonna come you're like come on son just don't set just leave me fucking alone right now mom <laughs> like i know you're coming i know i gotta be back at this time every single night like i know <laughs> like it is truth like i gotta but just right now just give me some fucking space i'm gonna be back like i know you're gonna be yeah you just want the space right you're just like yeah i just want to do my own thing i just want to do my own thing without yeah. any judgment so yeah dude that's the thing Holy shit! So but you can't let your kid do whatever the fuck they want. No, nah, man, that's the thing. They just you gotta instill. I wish I started wrestling when I was younger. I know that. Yeah, doing more hard shit sooner. Yeah, life. learn from a younger age to not quit. You know, it's so valuable, right? And it's more than like I went had to do tourist. I didn't go to Hebrew school all the time. And dude, I went did so much schooling as a kid. It drove me fucking. You gotta go nuts. to the Middle East, right? Yeah. How cool is that? That place was pretty sweet, but I was terrified because I went to the Middle East and. 2000 and December 2002 and mm. obviously we all know what happened September yeah, that's 2001 one, so that's a yeah. crazy time to be traveling oh, that part of the world yeah. for sure Dude, I remember one time we were walking in this market this was a crazy day 
uh, we're walking to this market, and you know you've heard of a turd called the landmine. You've you ever heard that before? Watch out for the landmine. That's a dog shit. Well, that is a terrible place to call a fucking landmine. <laughs> when you're in Jerusalem, we're in Jerusalem. Well, I've been so scared. Yeah, they're like, watch out for the landmine. Walk around it, and I was like, walk. I started walking the opposite direction because I was like, I'm not fucking walking around nothing. Like I'm going. If Nowhere you say it's this way, near. I'm go- yeah. Some somebody with my tour, people like, what are you doing? I said, dude, there's a freaking bomb over there. He said, a bomb. I said, yeah. They said the landmine. He started laughing, smack. Smacking these. Oh no no no! It's a dog poop. That's fine. And you, so you went there because you're <laughs> Jewish, right? Yeah, it was my gift uh, for my bar mitzvah. I did not even want to go. Um, I'm happy I did. It was a good experience. Dude, but that, my that, mom, she was like, you know, I'm awesome. going, so you're going. Dude, and that would have been an awesome experience. I would love to go to Jerusalem. It was cool. I saw a lot. Jerusalem is very uh, dynamic. You know, really? you have Tel Aviv, which is like New York City, and then you freaking hop on a bus and you drive 45 minutes. And, you know, you're in the freaking straight, you know, you drive 10 minutes, you're in the middle of the desert. You drive 45 minutes, you know, you're in Jerusalem and, mm-hmm. you know, you're in like freaking, you know, the year like 1000 AD. I almost fought in Tel Aviv. Oh, it, man. It would have been really amazing. cool to go to Israel. For Bellator? Yeah. I remember that card. And I remember wishing that I had still fought then because I was like, man, I probably could have been on this card right now. I didn't now. have my fucking passport when they called me. They wanted mm. you have a passport. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you gotta have a passport for all It was shit. ironic though because I, I had just applied for my passport, so it was on its way. I just I just didn't have take forever. I do, can. You can get them expedited for like a hundred bucks more. Dude, or I had mine in like two or three weeks. It was it happened real fast. I was pretty fortunate. But yeah, you can get them expedited. But yeah, they wanted to have it in hand because to your point, they can't take for fucking ever. Yeah. So it was just kinda of one of those things, man. That's why any like young fighter or anybody, they should get a fucking passport. Yeah. Yeah, just get it done. Just in general. They're good forever, like 10 years or something. Yeah, just get a fucking passport. Fuck, I need to get mine. I still have it. I don't have a passport. I'm talking about it. You have a passport, bro? <laughs> yeah, probably How'd one. you go to Jerusalem without a passport? Well, I did then. They're only good for 10 years. I was uh, 13 s- then. It oh, expired when I was 23. <laughs> you haven't renewed it. Yeah, I haven't renewed Dude, it. You gotta get a new one of those, bro. I am gonna do it. Get a new one. And then I'll, if I... I mean, it's only good's going to come from it because I'm going to be like, I have a passport now. Like, I want to use this thing. Just like when you get, like, a new bow or new shoes or yeah, dude. new boxing gloves or anything. You're like, ooh, I want to kind of use these Yeah, now. assuming you don't need a vaccine passport. Oh, fuck. Then fuck. I ain't using it. I'll stay in America. I'll stay in Missouri. <laughs> dude, the, the, I'm so scared of the way the world's going right now. I, I'm, I'm trying to 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 get as many facts as I can and to gather as much information from both sides. Because I find I find the more information that I learn and the more I speak out loud, I I sound more, <laughs> more and more like a fucking right wing nut. Yeah. But it's like, damn, dude, like what the fuck is going on right now? Yeah. Like, it scares me to think some of the things that are happening right now. Yeah, it's unimaginable. But I've learned, you know, life can be pretty unimaginable. So I just yeah, dude, roll your whole your, your whole life. <laughs> I just kind of your whole life is like case in point, right? Yeah, exactly. Holy dude, what do you think kept you away from fucking? from like ever shooting up the heroin uh, I knew I would die I knew so my two because uh, that's my where two it's at right as far as if you oh, wanted yeah. the maximum oh, yeah 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 hit. yeah yeah, if you want, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you yeah. want it to fucking exactly. smack your like your blood yeah yeah it's like a, I was like having sex with a condom on right shooting it up is like having sex pull that fucking condom off you really want to feel this pussy you know mm-hmm. <laughs> pull that condom off I was scared too but I knew, I knew I would not come back. My two friends who, who I sold to to kind of keep my habit going and other people, um, uh, we all kind of got into it together. We were all in the same clique. We were all kind of had similar mentality of, you know, fuck the system. We do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. But uh, they both shot it up. Uh, one's dead. Uh, and the other, he's been in prison for fucking ever. Oh. Like literally, he's been 
fucking he's been in prison for almost half his life. Damn. Um, so I kind of knew subconsciously that route would would come. So I didn't really want to. Yeah, you didn't want to. I kind of teetered on yeah. it. I wasn't trying. I mean, you I were dove smart in. Enough to not go that. Yeah, well, I was pretty dumb, though. I mean, I'd freaking go in the worst places in St. Louis and buy heroin from people that I didn't even fucking know. Yeah. Dude, I was so fucking stupid. I drove a Chevy Impala. Great car to be fucking buying heroin from people you don't even know. Yeah. So that's like a police car. Were you ever robbed or anything? No, dude. I never got fucking robbed. Never mugged. I had people ask me if I was a cop before, but I was so fucking young. I'd just be like, look at me. Do I look old enough to be a cop? And they'd be like, yeah, man, you got to go police academy after high school and shit, right? I'm like, (laughs) like, yeah, I'm fucking like, I show my ID. I'm like, I'm fucking 18 years old. 19 years old like I think I got off it when I was 19 so I was either 17 or 18 okay so you had a couple hard years of just being on the shit yeah oh fuck yeah man it ruined my whole life I would have oh fuck yeah I was by the end of it I was was homeless living in a fucking apartment Uh, my old laundry room because I still remembered the code I used to live in this apartment complex before my dad passed away Um, so he just died and I was just gonna start getting off heroin but he was actually dying at this time i don't remember but i was living in this laundry room which is in a basement like an outside area so it was cold as fuck it was the winter time yeah and i just remember being so embarrassed living in there because i'd try to pretend i was doing laundry yeah if somebody would come in oh shit dude it was fucking terrible yeah that is when i was the least friends with myself i've ever been you were 19 years old at this time or 18 probably 18 at this time 18 yeah my dad i think he had just died he passed away in uh august how are you now 20 are you 30 31 31 31 i can't remember how bad i think about it for a second yeah but uh so my dad he died he had a slow pain he died with liver cirrhosis which is when your liver stops functioning because Mm -hmm. they'd hepatitis c for so long they won't give you a transplant if you have hepatitis C because, you know, they're not going to give you a new organ that's going to get yeah. eaten by your body. It's going to fail again. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not not worth it, which makes sense from a medical standpoint. Yeah, yeah, if you're going to give it to somebody, you would hope yeah, to give it to somebody, somebody that's healthy. That yeah, you, you can't give it to a body to that's just going to kill it anyways. Eat. Yeah. But uh, so I watched him die for, and it was a slow process. It was, it probably took him, from him being himself to dead, was probably a month and a half. And then in those six weeks, he was literally a vegetable, like a baby. Oh, wow. He would say, Mama, Dada, that was it. You'd look in his eyes. He couldn't. He, You know when your friend drinks too much and you can't? Like, this motherfucker ain't home. Yeah. It was like that. Yeah, but, uh, he's on his way out for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I remember it was like that, and that was painful. Me and my mom, we, my stepmom, not my mom, my step, my mom wasn't around for that either. Yeah. Um, Even though she only lived a few miles away, but that's who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, my my stepmom, we took shifts taking care of him. And uh, when I wasn't taking care of him, I was out trying to get heroin, doing some fucking just stupid shit, just being a fucking fool, and then coming back and taking care of my dad, yeah. who was dying. When he got heroin, trying to fucking help his country out, I was just being a fucking retarded, punk-ass kid. Just a degenerate, just, huh? Yeah, just yeah. a kid who wanted to feel love. And You're it just a fucking kid, into, though, man. And it turned just into... Trying to feel some shit. Chasing Satan. Dude, yeah, you went, you went hard for... I mean, for being a young person, but oh yeah, I was dating a chick with three kids, yeah. addicted to heroin, yeah, trying to take care of my dad, of dying, homeless, homeless, 
didn't have a fucking didn't even have a GED then. Yeah, I, yeah, didn't you dropped out of school. Shit. Yeah, dropped out of school right on my seventeenth birthday. Boy, I fucking showed him fucking. You I was like, cool get, oh, this huh? my oh, get so out of jail free I'm pass. So cool. I was like, fuck, fuck you to the you. administrator. Yeah. I didn't say that obviously, but I was like, she was like, you sure you want to do this, honey? She was so sweet, and I yeah. was like, yeah, yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> you know what home life's like? I can't fucking do this. I need to get a job. When did you get your out. GED? <laughs> 22, I think. Okay. 22. So, uh, so, so I, yeah. So I watched my, I was watching my dad die and I literally, you know, I'm taking care of him and I'm thinking to myself, you want to have a family one day. I'm raising this chick's kids with her. And I'm like, one day I'm going to have my own family. And it instantly hit me in the head. I said, motherfucker, Gabe, you're not going to do this to your kids. This guy was trying to make a difference, and he ended up getting stuck in this. I'm not trying to make no difference. I'm fucking being a dumbass. And you're, if you have a family one day, you're going to do something to yourself that's going to fuck your kids up because you're being so stupid now. Mm. And then that that was the catalyst to get clean. I, I, I quit heroin cold turkey. I snorted it every day for over a year for sure. Yeah. And uh, after my dad died, I had used it a few more times. Um. You know, I had a miracle. The, the day before my dad died, I walked into his... He was living in a nursing home at this time. I walked into his room, and this guy had... His, he had been so long since he had done anything that his lips literally sealed shut mm. because it just wasn't open in his mouth ever. Right. We had to put Vaseline on him all the time. I'd try to pull him apart. They'd crack and bleed. bleed and It's like pulling a scab off. Mm. But, uh, I mean, he was... He was, you know, just nothing he was just a just flesh and bones wearing a diaper literally that was it for a long time and uh the day before he died i walked into his room to just kind of sit with him because i knew he was gonna die any day um and this motherfucker is standing up getting dressed on his own what i fucking couldn't believe it wow i fucking was it was the most i consider this i refer to this day as orange soda because i bought him orange soda uh few minutes later and we shared it and it was oh. one of the greatest moments i ever had oh man dude but uh he was normal yeah light was back in him yeah he's his, there to say his goodbye. color came back he was totally normal <sighs> i remember i told him i said dad i thought you're gonna die and he said oh i am and i didn't spend enough time with him i was fucking worried about this stupid bitch that i was fucking mm-hmm. and i didn't soak it up i probably spent 15 minutes with him and fucking dipped out. Because I was like, I drove home. I fucking called my girlfriend. I was like, he's good, man. He's fucking going home. We got nothing to worry about. He fucking shook this shit off. Yeah. And uh, the next day he died. But um, I remember after that, I did heroin probably just a handful of times more. And every time I'd do it, I would think back to when I saw myself above myself when I had died mm-hmm. as a kid. And I knew that my dad, like, without a doubt, I was like, he's standing over me right now. Like, he... There's no question about it. Like, I knew. I was like, he's standing over me right now watching me do this. And I can't, I can't stop. I remembered um, training with Jermaine when I was younger a few years earlier. It was something I was passionate about. And I knew that if I was going to quit heroin cold turkey, I had to take that same energy and invest it into something else. I knew I was smart enough to know without anybody telling me that there's no fucking way that you can just stop doing this and just continue living how you are. I had to take all that energy and invest it. So that's when I got 
pretty heavy into training. Mm-hmm. And I just took all that pain that I had from my dad dying. I broke up with my girlfriend because she still wanted to be a fucking dumbass and use drugs. And I was like, I'm out of this. For sure, I'm out. Um, just so much shit had been going on. I had a really good dog. Actually, no, he was not. He was a fucking terrible dog. <laughs> but you loved he him. was my buddy. Yeah, fucking <laughs> I adopted this dog. He used to be a fighting pit bull at 17, too. Oh, I shit. thought I knew everything, man. Fucking they're about to put this dog to sleep. I'm like, I can save him. Somebody somebody else adopted him. Like, he's mean. I'm getting rid of him. I'm like, I'll keep him. He ended up attacking my neighbor's kid. Oh, wow. I had so much bad shit happen. Yeah, well, I mean, a broken person just wants to take care of something that's broken sometimes. That's what it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought we could save each other together. Yeah, but, uh, dude, it's crazy. So. Yeah, you when you're a kid, it's so tough because, again, you're told that you're an adult, and you get a lot of a lot of the double standard. A lot of double standard, but at the end of the day, you're you're just not. Kids are narcissistic. They think yeah. about themselves. Oh yeah. I remember the last time I talked to my grandfather. Uh, he was like we. I knew it was the last time I'm talking to him because he's about to die, and I was like, man, like Grandpa, man, like I love you. I'm sorry I don't ever like. Talk, I don't talk to you enough or see you and he's like he's like don't be sorry about that man he's like dude you're a young man like that's just what young men do yeah and and he Wise. Knew, he knew that because I remember growing up like there was a lot of times where he was like he he worked construction he was like a biker and he fucking played in a band and then he went to bars and shit so he was like he was like a kind of a free spirit just like kind of out there doing shit too so he just kind of and he, he he didn't make me feel bad about not seeing him as much because he just understood like that's just it's a it's just a part of the life cycle right so I think about like whenever I was a kid like how much more narcissistic and selfish I was even more so than I am today and you just understand <laughs> like that's just the, it's just the fucking cycle of life yeah it's just how we are as humans. yeah you just don't know you know uh, what is it Plato says what um, everybody claims to know but a wise man claims to not know yeah uh, there's a whole bunch i don't fucking know (laughs) (laughs) shit dude yeah man that's a lot of heavy shit like very early on it was enough fuel to get me going though oh yeah Yeah. so training was hard but like getting my ass whooped by another person and like having to shrimp when you're getting punched in the face and yeah like that wasn't nothing i was like this isn't pain like like i'm like miserable right now but like have you ever been like addicted to heroin while your dad's dying and your girlfriend's fucking someone else behind your back which you for sure know is happening you're fucking homeless you're freezing you don't know where the fuck your food's coming from you got to be at work the next day you got to take a shit but you don't even fucking have a toilet yeah like this isn't nothing so it was it was an easy way out for me yeah you were talking about perspective bro yeah dang dude so Man, how long were you at Jermaine's before you came to St. Charles MMA? Mm, I think I was at Jermaine's. Did you fight where you're actually? Did you actually? Get no, him? I never fought. You until, just trained at Jermaine's, right? He yeah. would make people train for a really long time for you. Oh yeah, he would fight, never right? let you fight. Yeah, he just always let you fight. But I didn't know jack shit about nothing, dude. No, like I freaking you don't know. What you I didn't don't know, know body mechanics. I didn't know jack right. shit about it's nothing. It's good to train. It's good yeah. to train. Oh yeah, it um, made me happy. I was there for I think. Maybe two years, and then I went to. I tried to go to the Randolph gym, the first St. Charles made down mm-hmm. in Randolph. Uh-huh. I went to that place like three or four times, and every time I went there, I I must have missed class or something. I'd be we knocking on the door. We didn't have a lot of classes. And yeah, if, 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 every time I went there, there was missed it. Yeah, because so there were, there were no day to, classes. Yeah, it was only I don't even remember what time it was. It was only like the four thirty classes, like so four thirty and six. I was almost an original member. <laughs> this was like two thousand and. Eight, two thousand and seven or yeah, two thousand and eight. I just got clean off 
dope. Maybe 2009. So they've been open a year or two. Yeah. But I couldn't find them. But uh, I found Domain MMA. They were on Cave Springs, Dustin Seaver, and Jeff Henry's gym. Yep. So I trained there uh, for a little bit. And then when they made the switch to St. Charles, I you went with came him. over. So yeah. over there on Cave Springs. Yeah, probably Matt 2010. Helm, Zach Freeman. Yeah, Jake Roberts. Uh, Jake Roberts, yeah. A bunch <sighs> yeah. of people, man. They've all been around forever. So you got there in 2010 then. Yeah, 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 I got there in 2010. And That's cool. I had, I had fought in between, so I was training with this guy in his basement, and I would go to hit squad and spar um, for a little bit. He used to be a wrestling coach out of Domain, but he really didn't teach that much wrestling. He just like fitness yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Um, so I, I did that. I had two fights, both tough fights, one guy against Quentin Loper. Oh, really? Yeah, I fought Quentin Loper. He's a really good boxer. Uh, yeah. You know what's funny? He's a really good boxer, and I'm a really good grappler. Yeah. And in the fight, I beat the fuck out of him on the feet, and then I'm, I'm a fucking college wrestler. He fucking took me down and fucking submitted me. Did he really? <laughs> Choked me out. Fucking <laughs> he knows ground and pounded too. me. He knows jiu-jitsu. Just... I was so embarrassed. So I beat the shit out of him. I hit him so hard that when he turned around and looked at me, I could tell he wasn't home. Really? And I just, I, like, all, just everything went out the window of, like, logic. This and is where you're still at Domain? I wasn't, a, I wasn't even at Domain. No, yeah. I was at Domain, but I wasn't even fighting out of Domain. I was just, like, just fighting out of this guy's garage. Just kind of independent. To, yeah, I was just kind of, you know. That's so not, funny. I hadn't quite figured it out yet. I was kind of just bouncing around. Yeah, that's so uh, funny. But, yeah, I, th- I thought I was about to knock him out, which I was. I mean, I, I had him. I had his number. And I was beating him up the whole first round. Tracy Taylor was our was our ref. Really? Yeah. Uh, I remember the first round. Um, God, I didn't know anything, dude. I knew you couldn't knee to the face, and I knew you couldn't elbow, and I knew you couldn't like rip their eye out, right. and fish hook them. All that shit. But so I took his back. I was I was beating up Quentin pretty good. I took his back, and uh, Quentin was doing a pretty good job <laughs> covering <laughs> covering up, and he fucking wouldn't let me hit him. You know, you're like you've been in many MMA fights. You're like. At some points, you're like, God, this motherfucker's doing kind of good. Like, just let me fucking – come on. Just Like, if yeah. you just let me hit you, we could both be out of here. Like, none of us want to be in here right now. Just let <laughs> let us both get out of here. <laughs> well, he wouldn't let me. Yeah. So, you know what? He wasn't protecting was the back of his head. And I, I got him flattened out. I got his back taken. And I got him flattened out. <laughs> fucking start punching you him in the back of the head. No, Tracy Taylor Tracy goes, oh he, goes he goes, you can't fucking hit him to the back of the head. So, you know, the next place that was open where I could hit him? Where? His fucking spine. <laughs> <laughs> God, I was a fucking idiot. Oh, you degenerate. Fuck. So I started hitting him in the fucking spine, and Quentin goes, Motherfucker, what are you doing? I was like, I mean, they have a rules meeting, but you, dude, oh, this you is my second fight. I was yeah. so nervous, dude. I was just trying to throw it's up a, on it's myself. A lot going on. Okay, I'm just trying not to puke on myself <laughs> and, like, piss my pants and, like, yeah. trying to, like, dawn the moment of, like, oh, you actually got to make this walk. Yeah, dude. So I guess I missed that part. It happens. But, uh, and then the second round came, I rocked him, and then. Literally, like, ran after him. Yeah. And he ducked under, took me down, took my back, choked yeah. me out. You weren't really wrestling much by that point, though. No, I was not a wrestler at that point. I was just, uh... You just progressed just, into wrestling through fighting? Yeah, yeah. I was training at St. Charles, um, and my gra- grappling always came natural to me. I always understood it better than other people, maybe, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Um My body... I don't know if you could say your body's built for it. I just understood it. You, you know, some people it. are meant to be... Painters, artists, violinists, you know, grappling just kind of came to me. Yeah. Um, but so I was always a really good wrestler without having any really background. Um, and then I was obviously really good friends with uh, Matt Ricehaus, and he was good friends with Alp, and I met Alp through him. I mean, he was my training partner, but we kind of opened up. He mm-hmm. kind of, you know, Alp's not the most open person sometimes. 
especially back then. Yeah. Uh, so he kind of was like, no, Gabe's cool. Uh, come on in. And then Alp yeah. got me. Alp's a stud Turkish wrestler. Oh, yeah. He yeah, was Turkish Linwood. national champion. Yep. He wrestled at Linwood. And he was assistant coach at MOBAP, at Missouri Baptist. Mm-hmm. Um, he, dude, he's he's coached on old, he's coached so many UFC fighters. Yeah, he was he's on Dominic on Cruz. When Dominic yeah. Cruz is a uh, coach on the Alp Ultimate is Fighter. a stud, man. Yeah. Yeah, tough son of a bitch. He whooped my ass so many times. Yeah. So yeah. that's how you got into MOBAP? That's how I got into MOBAP, yeah. Um, Matt was practicing at MOBAP because he was had a fight with Bill Cooper. Yeah. Bill Cooper, the black belt. Bill the Grill Cooper. He beat the shit out of Bill Cooper. Beat that motherfucking ass. <laughs> but he was wrestling at MOBAP to just Dear. be prepared to geet this guy off of him. Yeah. Um, so around that time, that's when Alp was like, you want to come practice here, you can too. Because I would always try to get Alp to teach me wrestling after MMA practice. And after MMA, he's like, I want to fucking go home, kid. Leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, no, but like – I but, fought my first fight ever. I fought a really good wrestler, and I went to a decision with him. But he threw me around like a rag doll, and that kind of opened my eyes to like, oh, if you want to be a good MMA fighter, like you got to figure out how to handle the absolute, pressure of these wrestlers because like wrestler. they're a little different. Like they're a fucking jackhammer. Like they're mm-hmm. coming at you. They're not f- waiting around for their moment. The like, strength they're is gonna different. Crush the pressure you. is different. Yeah, they're just gonna bury you alive. So kind of set up angles. Snap I'd always, you, you know, I'd it. always. Uh, <laughs> I love wrestling. Try to keep them after. And he got tired of He's like, no, Joe. I was like, just start going to Mobile. He's like, you'll learn anything you need to do. Just go, just start going here. Uh, so I started going there. And uh, I was just practicing there. I had no plan of, uh, you know, really getting deep into college or anything like that. I had a GED, and that was about it. And I was taking one class at St. Charles Community College, which I was failing. I was taking one class and failing it. Why were you doing that? Just because? Yeah, I was like, uh, it'd probably be a good idea to just. You just felt like it was. It was kind of the right thing to do, yeah. Okay. But I really didn't care about that class. But yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was practicing there and I'd been practicing there for I think a couple months I was getting my ass whooped every fucking second I'd get a good double leg every now and again but they they learned my quick tricks pretty quick yeah I tried to hit some like jujitsu shit on them it worked the first three four times but after that they'd those guys are studs oh yeah dude they're like college, shit ain't college wrestlers at, at every level I dude, mean it's so just if, if, if you're not a wrestler they're gonna fucking they're dude, gonna beat you they're gonna expose you like I was to anybody who like, wrestled in high school, if they had saw me, like, they would have been like, man, this kid's a pretty good wrestler. But, like, anyone in college was like, It's just a different kid. level of intensity, exactly. you know? It, I it didn't just... know all the answers, you know, I, like I do now. I mean, I know all the answers now after well, getting through having it. Having been a college wrestler. Yeah, through it all the years, you know, all four yeah. years. But, uh, so, I was just practicing, and then it was winter break, so the semester had ended. All the kids were going home for winter break, and Brian Jackson, their head coach, uh, he's a good man. He gave me he, he gave me a good opportunity. Um, he gave their talk. I wasn't really kind of like in the conversation. I was just like the post practice kind of you know don't be a fucking idiot. Don't eat too much food. Yeah. You know, kind of mess around with you. He knows you do the right gonna, thing. He while knows you're, you're all gonna get drunk and eat too much food. But as a coach and as a mentor, <laughs> like he's gotta like say it. Like yeah. I mean, I know you guys are going to live a little, but don't live too much kind of deal. You're going to have to come back. We're going to have to deal with this. Exactly. We're going to have to deal with you being 25 pounds overweight when you're, like, texting me the day before saying you're seven. And he's really talking to all the lower weights. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, fuck, dude. I hated heavyweights, man. I'd just be mad at them. Yeah. Uh, But uh, so after their little meeting, I was getting ready to leave. Uh, I was, you know, had scraped myself off the mat by then. And, uh Man, but I felt good about myself. Yeah. I felt real good. I was like, this, whatever I'm doing right now is the answer. It is, the, it is you know, I knew it was the answer. Yeah. Um, but he looked at me and he goes, Gabe, yeah, you ever think about, like, being a college athlete? And I was like, I literally said that to him. I was like, kids work, like, 15, 10, 15 years to get 
to get this opportunity. I was like, I told him, I was like, I don't deserve this. Like, I didn't tell him, like, I don't know if you know this or not, but like two years ago, like I was a homeless fucking heroin addict. Yeah. Uh, But I was just like, I don't deserve this. And he said, he said, well, if you want, he said, I'll give you a scholarship. You can go here and be on my wrestling team. And I told him, I said, they got a long break. I said, let me think about it. And I'll make my decision when I come back from break. And he said, you're going to make your decision before you walk away from me right now. And I was thrown off. I was like, like, I barely knew the guy. Like, I knew him a little bit, but yeah. not, not like a, not like a, like, not like on a man to man, like, yeah. let's be real motherfucker yeah. kind of deal. And like, he made me like in that moment be like, oh, this is uh so he told me, he said like, literally like before you turn around and walk away, like you will have your answer made. And, uh thought to myself for about five or six seconds and I was like man your life was fucked up Gabe and this is a way out like I already found my way out in MMA I already had a couple fights I think I had four or five by then yeah um I think I had five by then um but I was like you gotta have a backup plan there's no way there could be any harm from this and ultimately I was like college wrestler I was like by the end of this I'll be a fucking animal and I'll be still young enough I was 22 at the time I was like by the time I graduate I'll be 26 I got tons of MMA experience already. I'm like, that's fucking perfect. Like, I'll be out of here ready to freaking rip kids' heads off. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. So a month later, I freaking, Rice House was laughing at me. He's like, (laughs) my first day of school, because, you know, me and Rice House, we lived together for freaking like eight years, eight or nine years we lived together. Shit. I think that long. I can't remember. It's been a long time. We lived together for a long time. Yeah. But, uh. He was laughing at me on my first day of school. I'm all nervous, got my hair done, got my backpack on. First day. <laughs> Twenty year old freshman baby. <laughs> hey dude. Yeah, that's funny, dude. Uh, so so I took that wave. Um and that was a good wave. That was tough. I learned a lot about myself. I learned I'm fucking can endure pretty much anything yeah. through that process. Uh my last week ever wrestling and it was not my last it was my last couple weeks. Lindenwood. I'd been at Lindenwood. I so I'd left Mobap after a year and a half and went to Lindenwood. Uh, coach under Jimmy Rollins. That dude is a fucking amazing coach. I mean, Linwood took third D2s last year. Yeah. This dude's got the answers. It's a great program. Oh, dude, he knows. Jimmy Rollins is such a good coach. He's so structured. Like, I can't say enough good about this dude. Like, anybody who ever thinks about going to, like, a school. Like, so many of my friends' kids are like, I don't know what school to go to. I think about Linwood. Maybe I'm going to go here. And I look at him. I'm like, look, dude, I've, like, rode this wave. (laughs) Like, I'm telling you, this dude knows his shit. He knows what days he needs to drown you and make you learn to fight. He knows what days to take the pedal off, bring it back. He knows what days to have a fun practice. He knows what days to have a serious practice. He knows he knows all the answers. You know, he's Benson Henderson's uh, roommate in college. Oh, really? Yeah, him and Benson Henderson wrestled at Dana College together. Oh, nice. Uh, but uh, So that was a good program. My last week ever in wrestling, um, we were getting ready for regionals. And the pr- I broke my back in this practice. I didn't even know I broke it for like a month or two later. Um, you know, as a wrestler, you just kind of learn that everything hurts. Yeah. You're like, I'm always in pain, dude. <laughs> exactly. You just got that. I'm always in pain mentality. As a, well, as a wrestler or a fighter. Or, yeah. You know, everything hurts. Yes. Like everything's bad on me. I'm like that fucking picture with the doctor where you're pulling shit you're out. 100%. You know, it's like, you mean your knees don't hurt? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, so we, the practice before the day that I broke my back was, um, the hardest practice I've ever done, um, for sure. I mean, it fucking yeah. They, I had to dig really deep. Um, so the next day, as a reward, he told us, you know, I know you guys are all 
feeling really bad. We're about to get ready to regionals. It was the last hard practice before we uh, left for regionals. Um, I didn't go. I wasn't the starter, but before the team did. Um, he's like, just give me just give me a solid hour. That's all I ask you. Our practice were usually two and a half hours um, from 2.30 to 5. He said, just give me a solid hour of drilling, no live. I know you guys are all feeling pretty banged up. Everybody's weight's good. I'm happy with where we're at. Um, so the whole team, they were taking it really easy, and, and uh, Coach Rollins was letting us because, I mean, do we all – like. I felt like I got in like six car wrecks by this. You know, by the yeah. end of season in college, like your body is you're fucking fucked hurt. up. You've been low on weight for for months at this time. You know, you're just feeling terrible. Um, so this kid was laying on the ground behind me because he just felt so fucking terrible too. We just started drilling. I've probably been drilling for 20 minutes. And I let my partner ankle pick me. Usually if you drill and you get an ankle pick, you'll fall to where you hit like a knee slide. You know, you'll fall over and you land on your hands and knees. You're not going to fall flat to your back. Yeah. You're going to fall to your hands and knees, hit a knee slide, get back in position and drill your move. But I knew it was a pretty relaxed day. I knew Coach Rollins wasn't going to be yelling at anybody for being tired because we deserved to be tired at that point. We'd, we'd earned it. Well, Derek, he was laying on the ground behind me freaking dead tired because he had every right to be because, you know, fucking we got worked, you know, the day before. Um... So my partner, he ankle-picked me, and I didn't know Derek was behind me. And I was so tired, I, I just fell right to my back because I, I just was trying to just be lazy. You got this nice, soft match. Just lay right into it, just like a pillow, baby. Just Well, lo and behold, Derek was behind me, and he was on his side. So when I fell, my low back hit his hip bone, and it was just perfect placement. And it broke these two little fins off the back of one of my vertebrae. Oh, and these shit. two fins, they kind of work. Uh-huh. So where they keep it in place. So they broke off so my vertebrae wouldn't stay in place. Oh, so my back hurt really fuck. bad. I ended up finishing my last couple weeks of wrestling. I ended up finishing. I stopped wrestling live at this point because I, I was like, something's fucked up. But I kept drilling and everything. I'd do what I could. I'd jog. I'd go ride the bike. So I finished season. And then I eventually got an MRI. And then that's when they told me that your back's broken and you're going to need surgery. And, and that fucking crushed me because I plan on – taking like one or two more MMA fights fresh out of season and then turning pro. Like my plan was to turn pro within six months of um, being done. Yeah. yeah. Graduating. Um, Cause I was a fucking animal, dude. I was in the best shape of my life. I could easily fight three, four fights in a night. As long as I didn't get too like fucked up with head kicks and leg kicks and yeah. conditioning wise, didn't take too much damage. Conditioning wise, I was ready for war. Wow. Um, fucking and a freak I, accident. You break your back. Freak, freak accident. Yeah, and it was it was eleven. Being lazy. Because I was Piece being of fucking shit. lazy. Don't get too comfortable. I think about That's that, man. Dude, mm. the, for real, dude. Don't when you're when you're when you're training and you're in and you're you're being too lax. Injuries happen. Yep. They all, every fucking time. Every dude. time you let and, your guard down, that no, punch comes you don't see. It's always that. It's always that last go, that last roll. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's Come a, on, let's get one more. Let's in. just get one more in. You know you shouldn't do it because you're fucking tired. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna get it in, and for some reason you're not going as hard as you should be yep. because you're tired, and then you get hurt. Yep. And it's just like, what the fuck you doing? Exactly. You just learn from your fucking simple mistakes. Mistake. Yeah, I felt like I self sabotaged myself. I'm talking to myself because I fucked. Oh yeah, we've all done I've it. Done it, dude. Yeah. So in that moment, I, it hurt, man. Freaking. After I realized my back was broken, I didn't have surgery for almost a year to the date, and I cried myself to sleep every fucking night because I was in a so much pain. What was the holdup? Um, doctors didn't want to operate. I had insurance issues. Oh. Um, did it was the always, surgery was absolutely necessary. Me, 
man, I saw four specialists and each one told me a different answer. One told me like, you need surgery right now. You're going to be paralyzed because it was, it was pinching my spinal cord, my vertebrae because they had slid off. Yeah. Um, the other one was like, the position it's in right now, it's good. Like he doesn't understand grappling and I still trained. Like I trained. I was still training with a broken back for a while. You're crazy. But I had to do it mentally. I had to, do, had it to without, do it without training and everything. I was, um, you know, I was without training. I'm a dead man. I am a shell of a man yeah. without martial arts, even to this day. Um, that's why I still train from here time to time. You know, it's, it keeps me a friend with myself. Yeah. You know, I can look myself after hard training less than I can look myself in the mirror and like who I see, mm. but without those hard training sessions, I, it doesn't matter what I am. I have a great job now. I've life's going good, um, but if I don't get good hard training session in here and there, I don't like myself. Yeah. Um, so I trained with broken back, and I was fucking miserable. Cried every night because I knew I sabotaged what I did from being lazy. It was hard to accept. Finally, you didn't I really had, sabotage it though. I, without knowing, I certainly did. Yeah, it's Dude, unfortunate. I went unfortunate. the hardest fucking path anybody could ever imagine when it comes to like yeah not being a wrestler to diving into and, and eventually yeah graduating as an ncaa wrestler and like i was pretty fucking good like people would watch me wrestle and then like i would tell them i'd be like yeah i never wrestled in high school and their jaw would hit the floor they'd be like are you fucking kidding me and i'd be like i just i work really hard mm-hmm. and i'm blessed with you know yeah you catching on quicker than other people yeah and you dude you and all i did was learn i didn't focus when i was wrestling in the summer times when it wasn't wrestling, I would do a little bit of jiu-jitsu, but I did not focus on my boxing. I did not focus on kickboxing. I didn't. I would just focus on wrestling because I knew I had to catch up. Yeah. I was like, these kids have been doing it 20 years. I need to. Well, not all of them, but you're also the sum of the people that you're around, right? So when you yeah. train with better people, you get better yeah, faster. Yeah, you can't help it. So you're and training... they'll make you get better. Exactly. You're, you're training They're going to beat your room. ass till you get the fuck out that room yeah. or you're going to get better, Yeah. which not, I love. You're not going to get. I love it. Like, yeah. they will we like. They will squeeze you out like a fucking pimple, dude. Yeah. They'll pop you. Yeah. If you stick around long enough, you're not going to leave with a high school level of wrestling. You're no, yeah. You're going to college impossible. level wrestling, yeah, you right? Can't, you're yeah. in a college room. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, it's not. I mean, you have to wrestle every day, you yeah. know? Yeah, every day. It's not a choice. Like, you're there five days a week minimum. Yeah. That's what you do. You wrestle yeah. every day. On, off yeah. season, doesn't matter. Every you're fucking there. day. That's why you're so strong. That's why wrestlers are so strong. Yeah. It's constant tension. Push yeah. pulling. Tension, tension, tension. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. I love it. Yeah, uh, dude. I've been doing a lot more wrestling because I've been um, I've been going up to Pedagos a whole lot training. Yeah, I running. need to get out there, man. I talked to Alejandro a couple weeks ago and told him I was going to go out there, and I, I fucking haven't been out yet. I, you can ride me whenever you want. I absolutely I love training there. I'm, yeah, dude, it's so tough. Tuesdays and Thursdays are always wrestling. It's so tough. It's so tough because one, I, there's just a lot of tough guys in there. Here's yeah. the thing: for a jujitsu gym. They train hard. I, they they train hard for any gym. Yeah. But like, no, I know exactly you know what, what you saying? mean. Yeah, in the so, wrestling room, they'll fucking kill you. Well, here's the thing. And there is no like slow, relaxed drilling, getting up at your own pace. Like no, in the wrestling room, they, so tr- that's not so they they have the same intensity as a wrestling room. Yeah, they really do. But I'm just saying, if you're a jujitsu guy and you're not used to that level of intensity, it's like, oh my god, this is super intense. But for me, having been a wrestler, having been an MMA fighter. 
I'm used to that level of intensity, right? So it's not anything out the normal for me, but for a jujitsu only guy, like their level of intensity is, is way higher than any jujitsu gym. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. But oh, yeah. it's just so man. tough, dude, because there's no fucking air conditioning in there yeah. and we're all wrestling with no shoes yeah. and it's so slippery, bro. So you can't overextend. You're on just anything. ready for injury. Yeah. That's yeah. How... It's just, you just gotta be really careful with your footwork and it just, it just, it makes you good in a different way. Yeah, so once dancing. you, well, once you do have shoes on, or you do have a fucking a grippy ass mat, it's over, bro. It's over. Oh yeah, like, you I feel so trailer. much better. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I've, I've hit the Russian real quick. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. And we're back. But uh, yeah, no, dude. I feel like it's actually made my wrestling better. Being up, it's it's shitty ass conditions because you don't ever want to be on a mat that slippery. But yeah. it's made my wrestling tighter. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah, you have to refine everything you do. You really do. Uh, you really do. Man, I can't wait till the day I have. I don't have kids. I'm. But I can't wait till the day till I have kids and I can get them wrestling. Yeah. Oh yeah, my son or daughter. I'll expose them to it if they if they don't want to do it. Yeah. As they get older, then I'll allow that. But yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Just have them around it. Oh, Def- man, definitely yeah. expose Teach them. Teach them how to how to endure life. Yeah. At wrestling. A young age. Wrestling was for sure the best decision I ever made. It when did was, you start? How old? I started whenever I was uh, as a freshman in high school. My friend talked me into it because he was like, "Man, I'll make you better." For, it was, I was we were on the football team together. Yeah. And it was our, he he actually got into it because he was following his older brother. Yeah. His older we were freshmen. His older brother, I guess, was a junior, mm-hmm. and but it was his older brother first year ever wrestling. So I don't know what got his older brother into it, but either way, he's following his older brother. So uh-huh. he wanted to have friends to join with him, right? So he's like, "Man, dude, you should do it. It'll make you, it'll make you better for football." And I was like, oh, "You know what? It probably will." Because I'm thinking, "All right, well, especially when you're in like the top or bottom position, you have to like react off the whistle." Yeah. I'm like, at the, at the very least, I'll probably make my reaction time better in my footwork. Yeah. So I'm like, "All right, well, oh, used to the whistle on the line." Just different. Th- yeah. yeah. So I'm like, "It'll it'll probably make me better for football." So let me do yeah. this. Oh, definitely make you better. Yeah. So, dude, I dude, I went out for wrestling. And I took to it like a fish to water, and it, it instantly is as like fuck. Is I almost quit football and just only did wrestling. Yeah, why not? I should have actually. Yeah, I, I had a shitty ass football coach, <laughs> shitty ass coach. Uh, but yeah, dude. I mean, so I started wrestling whenever I was fourteen, about to be fifteen. So almost twenty years ago, That's I've been a wrestling. Long time. I know. I almost had a similar story. I played football in high school freshman year my buddy who was a wrestler was like dude because we would wrestle all the time with each other yeah he's like dude you're fucking good you should join the wrestling team i was like bet let's join the wrestling team he was like all right well uh we have practice we have lifts at six in the morning and we have practice after school and i looked at him and i was like dude i wake up at like 6 30 <laughs> like that was it i was like <laughs> i was like no dude you that ain't happening <laughs> there's no option i can't change yeah yeah so i shut wrestling out at that moment i should have went for it I'd i've talked to so many people who, or something but man the, oh amount, well. the amount of people i talked to that say that they wish they would have did it in high school or, you just don't know though i didn't know i had no fucking idea i didn't know that martial arts would be the rest of my life i was well just as a man or just just as a as a fucking human being yeah that the the knowledge and the ability to to like be able to control another person yeah is it's a valuable skill and it teaches you oh, how to yeah. like your own situational and body awareness yeah you know what i mean it's oh, just it's essential to feeling comfortable you know knowing that you can handle yourself if something goes down exactly and, and i'm already super sketched out and i'm like super capable of handling myself and i'm still paranoid so i yeah. couldn't imagine yeah. if i wasn't able to protect myself dude 
Yeah. And it just feels so, it, it feels like this innate void. I mean, just to 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 like it feels good to like grab on and just be physical with yeah. somebody. Yeah. Doesn't it? Fuck yeah, it does. <laughs> it feels it feels good to um for me, it feels good to be so fucking miserable that you're just hating your life. And then, <laughs> and then the next thing you know, you're fucking hammering someone else. You're like like the ne- like you're fucking just dying, burning, you want to quit. Yeah. And then the next thing you know that mentality in your brain shifts. Yeah. You know like that second gear. And that's what I love when that second gear kicks in. Yeah. And that's when you're like it's a good feeling. Oh, I like transformed in that moment. Yeah. It's a good feeling. That's what I like, yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah, wrestling has definitely been a game changer. Yeah. Did you so you got your you got your your uh your undergrad degree in philosophy? Yeah, I was going to go to law school. Um but I ended up not wanting not yeah. opting out of that. I take care of my brother. I'm busy. I was like, "Fuck, I can't do Well, you were working in a law office for a little while, right? Well, no, I did a little bit of stuff with Jeff Meyer Cord, but uh, that was like barely anything. He's an attorney, local yeah. attorney. He trains at Gidry's gym. Or he but you, my my point is like you got a kind of a little bit. Of I a, was at a trust department. You got a little like a little taste of the world, right? A little bit. And you're like this, like this isn't. Yeah. You're like this yeah. just isn't the that's world. That's when I was working at the trust department. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so I was like, working for a trust fund company, Stiefel Nicholas, mm. uh, and. Oh yeah, dude! I freaking hated that you're, job. At you, first, I thought I was the shit because I wore a super nice suit. suit. Everybody, dude, when you wear a nice suit every feels day, good. people treat you different. Yeah, I had to wear a nice suit every day to work, and like randomly going to the store, going to the gas station, and especially being young, kind of handsome. Yeah, white guy. Uh, yeah, white dude. Dude, people <laughs> see you and they're like, "You're the future of this world." Yeah, you know. So they fucking treat you different. So I kind of got a big head kind of quick, but uh, they would give you. Um, they would give you like overviews hmm. of these families that you were going to meet. So you'd try to, you'd meet these super rich people and you'd try to get them to sign their estate over to your trust company. So to, to manage their you'd estate. You'd meet them, you'd take them yeah. to a Cardinals game, you'd do all this shit. All the smoothies. You don't like any of these fucking people. You're just being fake as hell. You're being Satan right now. You're putting on a front to try to get their money. Um, but they would give you these articles. They'd be like, you're going to go meet Susan. Susan has three kids. Two of them play volleyball, one of them plays soccer. Bring this up when you go to meet them. So Good like, details to have. So you're walking. You're like, hey, I hear AJ took third in state in soccer, and you're just trying to for- – and I'm like, dude, this shit just don't sit well with me. Like, I don't give a right. fuck about AJ. I don't give a fuck about soccer. Like, I just kind of want to get in a cage and beat somebody up. Yeah, yeah, you but, just weren't being your authentic yeah, self. I wasn't being authentic to myself. Yeah. I just had back surgery at this time, mm. so I was um, – fighting was not really like – yeah. In my department. You're probably a little mad, too. Were you, did you feel mad at the world a little oh, bit? Mad at dude, yourself? Just, man, I worked just, so hard. I gave up so many parties, memories, friends, relationships, money. Always fucking broke. Always sore. Fucking didn't ever have time. No energy to do nothing. Sacrifices. Sacrificed everything to the very end to fucking just to shit on out. all of it. Maybe it just wasn't ever supposed to work out. Maybe you're supposed to do all those other things so you can do other awesome shit in your life. And, and I think and it f- might still work out. I, I kind of feel like I have a few more in me. I'm, I'm going to go back to it. So you're 30, uh, you're 30, right? You said 30, 31. 31. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you know, saw five years of, of solid athletic performance in you, buddy. You know, I'm not, my back doesn't scare me anymore. It's still sore. It's still sore every day. But um, it doesn't scare me like it did when I was yeah. earlier. You, you have know? to trust it. I trust it now. That's ultimately what it is. I trust it now, and I trust my technique. 
and I, I trust my ability to not give myself mental lapses during training anymore. Take a mental lapse when you're done training. But yeah. now when you're in there, you're serious. Yeah. Until it's over. You're going to take uh, – you thought about doing any, like, jiu-jitsu tournaments coming up? I did up? Golden Gloves um, a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, and that was my first that fight that I had after back surgery. Um, and that was a good time. But, uh, you know, I have a uh, – I kind of live by a philosophy major. Uh, Epictetus is a philosopher that I've always liked to follow, and he has a saying: "It's a uh, uh, fate leads the willing and drags the unwilling." So to kind of tie that in, uh, uh, me and my girlfriend we broke up a couple months ago. Um, right before she broke up with me, a week before she broke up with me, um, I was walking into work, and I was missing fighting. I hadn't been training at all because I was just, you know. Fucking yeah. comfortable getting fat, just, getting fed, getting held, fat, you know, feeling loved. Yeah, fat and happy. Uh, I was fat and happy. Um, but I was walking into work, and I had a little conversation with, with me and God. And I was like, God, I don't know if I'm being true to myself right now. I was like, give me strength to fight again. I was like, give me that desire. Because I don't have that desire, and I want that desire. But to be quite frank, I'm pretty happy right now, and I don't have it. Mm. But I knew all the work that I had done in the past, like I... I still got some shit to show. Yeah. And I still got some shit to prove to myself. That's exciting. And I still have I still have yet to completed this circle that I started when I was fifteen. Yeah. All everything I've been through, everything I'm overcome, and then I just a little back injury get it. And I'm like past it now, but I'm getting older, getting comfortable. But so I had a little conversation. It was a very short one. I was just, God, give me strength to fight again. Uh I thought I was gonna freaking marry this girl I was dating. Uh we've been friends our whole life. Um, but so she left me out of the blue, um, for someone else that she was with before me. Um, and, uh, you know, God, it, it, unfortunately <laughs> answered my prayer. He was like, you want strength to fight again, little yeah. dude? Dude, sometimes you're going like, to have it. It's like, and it's I like think back to Epictetus, fate leads the willing and drags the element. Like either way, like my fucking fate lies in martial arts. Yeah. And am I going to be fucking drug or am I going to be led? Yeah. It's like some shitty things that happen. Like we, we go through like some, some terrible things in the moment. And then once you actually get through it and, and typically with some perspective, you're like, man, that thing happened for me, not to me. Exactly. You know what I mean? It happened and, for me, not to me. Yeah. I'm still there. It's still hard. It's, but, yeah. It, it takes time to go. Like I remember whenever I got fired from my job. Yeah. I was working at Express Scripts and they hit me you with it. You were there a while. Yeah, dude. I had a, I remember I had a really good position and I was it's kinda the same thing though. You know, fucking you do really well and you dress nice when you're there and you fucking feel good and say, Oh man, yeah, dude, I'm doing project management. You say these things and it makes you feel good and shit yeah. and then, you tell everybody who doesn't give a fuck about you at little Thanksgiving dinners, I'm project manager at Express Blah blah blah, right? And then and then everything just changes. And it's just because I smoke cannabis, not because I was a bad employee or anything like that. And, yeah. you know, you go through hard times, but it was like, I wasn't happy there. I wasn't yeah. my authentic self. I wasn't who I was able to be yeah. or who I wanted to be. It's like, you know, I have to put on this front while I'm there and then I can be myself when I go to the gym and I train and get ready yeah. for fights and shit. And then it's like, man, I wanted to do all these things, but like I never really had the courage to end that thing. And yeah. then it happened for me. It just they did it. Before, they yeah. did it. And I was like, fuck, yeah. dude. And now it just sent me down this path where I'm like, dude, fuck a regular job. Fuck a nine to five. Yeah. Like I just need to do my own thing and figure it out and build something. And just be my fucking self. And uh, it's like those shitty situations, man. Once you get past them, it's like, man, that really was yeah. like a good thing. Exactly. So, fuck, so, dude. I've been training. I freaking lost like 20 pounds in two months. I'm feeling good. That's feeling good. in shape. My back bothers me a little bit, but it ain't 
it ain't shit really. Yeah, you do anything for recovery to help with that? I mean, you, oh, I got a soul ride a couple months ago, and yeah. that thing is freaking major. Is that helping you? Oh my god, I can't believe how freaking good that thing is. That little freaking U shaped piece I love of plastic. It. Yeah. Holy fuck, I got one. Good. Yeah. Uh, so I do that. Um, do the sauna or anything? Help keep it a little loose. bit of sauna. Uh, I probably need to go see a masseuse or something. That'd yeah. Probably, that'd probably help me out. But uh, so I, th- I'm thinking about. I think I'm gonna get back to fighting. I know bow season's right on the corner, but I might have to put off a couple, couple deer hunts and get. <sighs> you're serious though boy yeah i know you I got am. deep in the bow hunt you're hunting all the time oh yeah well keith keith back from the gym from st charles he um after my back surgery um i talked i had a talk with keith he had been trying to get me to hunt forever yeah um because he always gave me deer meat forever mm. um but i was never comfortable killing a deer um so i would just eat the meat that he gave me yeah um but after back surgery, I had to talk with Keith, and I was like, man, I still – I got that desire to do something, like, really hard. Like, you need a challenge. I need a challenge, but I don't know what to do. And he said, you ever tried bow hunting a deer? And I said, no. And he said, dude, that's fucking one of the hardest things you could ever do. And I was like, really? And he said, yeah, go buy you a bow. So I went and bought, uh, like, a three or $400 bear bow. Yeah, that's what I did. And uh, that was kind of the red pill down the rabbit hole. Dude, I love, I love shooting the bow. Oh, dude, I freaking love it. Well, I've had, like – Keith calls me the luckiest bow hunter in the entire world. My first two times bow hunting public land, I've shot a deer both times with my bow, wow. which is super rare because I've That's taken people bow hunting with rare. me. So I've taken Medi from the gym. I feel so fucking bad for him, dude. I've taken him bow hunting with me easily 30 times, and every time he's with me, we've only seen a deer fucking one time, and it was like not even possible. To sh- no, the first time I took him bow hunting with me, he watched me kill a deer in the stand. Um, I actually didn't let him take the shot because it was just – it was perfect for me and not as perfect for him. Ultimately, <laughs> ultimately like I knew I you was going to drain you, it. You want to clean this kill. Yeah, dude, you don't want to kill him. Uh, you you don't, don't want to hurt him. That's what happened. You my don't want to hurt deer. him. You don't want to, you know, drag yeah. it out. Oh, a good deer hunting story. So my first time bow hunting, Keith took me up to where we bow hunt, um, and he just told me shoot him behind the shoulder. You know, try to get him broadside, shoot him behind the shoulder. But he didn't tell me nothing else. And I'm picturing like when you shoot a deer with an arrow, like it's kind of like cowboy Indian. Like you hit him with an arrow and they go down. You saw right. Well, that ain't what happens. No. So they get this uh, jolt of fucking adrenaline. Oh yeah, and they freaking run like the dickens. So, yeah. anyways, I shot this doe. I was using these stupid ass broadheads, and I, my poundage wasn't up high enough. I didn't know anything. I literally didn't know jack shit about anything. I was what do you like, keep your poundage at? I'm at seventy pounds now. Oh, you're a strong um, guy, huh? That's yeah, not like easy to fucking pull, bro. No, I pull it pretty easy now. <clears throat> That's what I'm um, saying. You're strong. But, uh, I was at fifty five pounds, which is still pretty pretty. When I shot that doe, yeah. I shot a doe. I got up in my stand. He dropped me off at the stand. He said, sit up in here. If you see something, shoot it behind the shoulder. Dude, it was like somebody released this thing out of a fucking pen. Like fucking five minutes. Keith walks away. I'm up there for five minutes. This doe comes walking out right next to me on my strong side, which is for me, I'm right-handed. So on my left-hand side, because it's a good draw. Yeah. On your right-hand side is your weak side. Yeah. Uh, And I thought, fuck, there's a fucking deer. I was like, you bought this bow. You fucking walked all the way out here. Like, you, have you gotta been, actually ha, shoot this. Have you thing. been practicing shooting prior to that? Did you actually? Shoot? I had practiced for oh, a month. Okay. I think I had practiced for maybe a month. I had had the bow for a month. Yeah. It was early season. It was early October. <clears throat> this doe comes out. I think it was late October. It was late October. I practiced for a little bit. This doe comes out, and I'm, damn it, I gotta really shoot this thing. Cause like I love them. Like to me, they're like a fucking wild dog. Like they're fucking beautiful. I love them. I love to eat them. You know. And I love to eat them too, but uh, 
I'd never killed an animal before, you know, maybe I hit like a squirrel on accident driving, but like besides that, like I'd never like willingly killed an animal, you know, I love animals. Um, so I was like, fuck, dude, you got to actually do this. Kind of the same feeling I had for my first MMA fight. Like when you're out there and they're calling your name and you kind of go, fuck, dude, I actually got to do this. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck, I agreed I to walk. do this. Yeah. I trained for this, but like now I actually got to do it. <laughs> and the moments like the moment is right here. Like yeah. it's right here. So no turn back. So I shut myself up. I said, like, I cut out all thoughts, and I just drew my bow back and shot her. I was like, stop thinking, stop doing everything, draw your bow back and shot her. Well, I didn't get a pass through, which you you want to pass through. Cause then you Clean shoot, through. Yeah. Then you, shoot, you pop both their lungs, and then they're for sure going to die. Um, but I didn't get a pass through. She took off instantly. And what I did, because where I hunt, it's all ridges and ravines. There's no fields. It's all thick woods, heavy ridges and ravines. So they'll run freaking 30 yards and disappear over a ridge and just be and just disappear. I didn't know anything about blood tracking. I thought she was just going to go down when I shot her. I didn't know. Keith really didn't explain that much because he was like, you're not going to shoot a deer. Yeah. <laughs> so the second, literally, it was like a one-two punch. This freaking arrow hits the deer. My feet jump out. I'm like 15, 20 foot up in this tree. I fucking jumped you out the tree. Out of excitement. You weren't even thinking. Ch- chased this fucking deer that I just <laughs> shot because I thought. I was like, this deer is going to die no matter what. I thought it was going to run around the corner and die somewhere where I wouldn't be able to find it. So I wanted to go, like, get Uh, up over the edge to see where it was going to fall and die. Well, that fucker, after it got shot with an arrow, it sees this guy jump out of a tree, start running. And I'm screaming, by the way. I know Keith's hunting somewhere around me. I have no idea where he's at, but I know he's within, like, within a couple hundred yards. Yeah. I'm screaming, Keith, I got one. (laughs) Screaming at the top. I mean, this was literally... Quiet. Boom! Hit the deer feet on the ground. Keith, like, I mean, it was all super fast. It was like fucking cops raiding a house. Dude. <laughs> so this deer fucking ran for miles, dude. We tracked her for two days, over two miles. Yeah, we tracked go. Oh fuck yeah, dude! Especially if you don't pop both lungs, <laughs> give them that adrenaline rush. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're You're I, lucky you found it. No, I didn't find it. We never found it. Oh, you never found it. Tracked blood for two days and a couple miles. Uh, Damn. I actually almost died this night. So. Th- after this night of bow hunting, I was I had the full, I was fully immersed in what it was to like be a bow hunter. Like I freaking shot my first deer, got lost in the woods that night, almost fucking died because fucking Keith left me to go get his wife. I didn't follow what he fucking told me because I was so paralyzed with fear. So take it back. My bag's hanging up in the stand. My phone's in the stand. Everything's in the stand. My jacket's off. It's late October. It gets real cold at night. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking like two or three miles from the truck, way the fuck back there. I have no compass. I, have, dude, I mean, you can't see your hand in front of your face once the sun's down, and you're in thick-ass woods. Yeah. Not familiar with this area at all. We're tracking blood a little bit. Keith's helping me. He says, hey, the sun's coming down. I had none of my gear on me, though. No, more. It was all up in this tree that I was never able to find again. He says, "Uh, go down to the creek. You never bottom. found that tree again? Why? I mean, I hunted out of that tree several more times as the oh. years passed. Oh, okay. But uh, like that night, oh, I, I knew I had to go. But after he split, he was like, go to the tree where you shot that deer, go up in it, and grab your fucking backpack and your supplies, your flashlight, your water bottle, your jacket, which you took off. I was soaking wet and sweat because I'd been running around like a jackass chasing this fucking deer around. Yeah. You know, I'm running waiting. up and down steep hills, jumping rocks, freaking tripping over fallen trees. Yeah, you should have stayed up there and just watched where it went. Well, I didn't know that. He didn't tell me that. <laughs> I didn't know any of You know, that wasn't yeah. none of tracking blood. I've never heard that either, but I get, of that, I get what um, you're saying. None of that, like, existed in that moment. Right. It was just I had never even instinct. seen a video. I had never even seen a YouTube video of a deer being shot with an arrow before at yeah. this time. So I literally had no idea what the fuck happened. Wow. You're um, a lucky son of a bitch, though. So uh, I chased this deer. He, we, 
Keith meets up with me. He says, I got to go get Michelle, who's his wife. She was bow hunting with us. He said, I got to go get Michelle out of the tree. Meet me down at the creek bottom. I guess I missed. I don't remember him telling me to meet me at the creek bottom, but he swears he did, so I'm sure he did. But anyways, I did not meet him at the creek bottom. <laughs> it was like 530 at night. Come 6, 630. I mean, it's pitch black in the woods, especially with, you know, you're in deep woods. So the trees. Yeah, it gets dark out. early, too. The trees cut out all. It gets dark earlier. The trees cut out all the light. I had no supplies, not my phone, not my headlamp, not my flashlight. I had fucking nothing. So uh, I couldn't find Keith. I was stuck in the woods till like 11 o'clock at night. Dude, I was fucking petrified, dude. Go to fucking Daniel Boone Conservation and go like three miles into that motherfucker yeah. and just sit there with no fucking supplies. It's scary. I've been out there. Oh, dude, it's fucking – that's a scary place, dude. So you see those bunkers that are out there? Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Fucking uh, – so I decide – uh, I'm like, I'm not making it out of here. I was like, I'm not making it out of here tonight. So I'm just going to fucking sleep at the base of this tree. I'll get my way out when the sun comes up. Yeah. Um, I sit at the base of the tree, coyotes all around me, <laughs> fucking screaming, cackling, like they're right on me. So I shit my pants and I'm like, nope. And I, dude, I don't even know where I'm going. I don't know where north, south, east, west is. You start running. I knew that if I just ran one direction, I would eventually come to a road. Yeah. I mean, out there, eventually. Yeah, I, mean. I know. I mean, even it took me like four or five hours. Like, I had no idea where I was at. I didn't know. So, all <laughs> my last hope, dude, I finally heard Keith. I was screaming for Keith till I lost my voice. I was motherfucking him. You motherfucker. Dude, I was so pissed. I was ready to kill him. Because he fucking got me lost this in these woods. This is your first time? My first time ever bow hunting, wow, dude. I dude. There. I met a guy who lives next door to Daniel Boone, and he said his fucking uncle died there. Got lost there three fucking days turkey hunting and ended up fucking dying. Wow. <laughs> Yo, dude, people get lost in this place. It's, wow. Uh, There's a lot of land out there. Dude, yeah, it's desolate out there. That's why I like bow hunting it. No pressure. Big deer. Oh, I've fucking seen some giants out there. But, really? Uh, so, um, Keith finally, he was about to call 911. He says it's the only time he's ever, con- you know, like, you know, Keith, like, this yeah. dude's not calling not fucking calling for help. <laughs> for nothing, dude. <laughs> he ain't calling help for nothing. Uh, wow. So he was about to call 911, dude, and then the second I fucking heard him, and, dude, it was like being born again. And you've been hooked ever since. Oh, I've been hooked ever since. So the next time I went bow hunting, he took me like a week later. We went over, you know, don't do this again. I think I went to the same stand, uh, shot a spike buck. That was on Halloween. Oh, nice. And that was a good feeling. That was a really good feeling. Yeah. I learned this time when you shoot, if anybody who's listening ever bow hunts, when you shoot the deer, just don't fucking move. Listen here if you see, <laughs> listen to if they drop. Because usually, you know, they're big animals. They'll run. You hear them, doo, 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 and you'll hear them Boom. fucking crash. Boom. Yeah. That's a good feeling. <laughs> but uh, you probably won't hear that. That's if you get really lucky. But, uh, yeah, no, don't move for like 30 minutes to an hour. Just wait. Yeah. Just I- be quiet. Don't fucking jump out the tree and chase him and start screaming for your friend. I oh, got one. Dude, I'm so – this is going to be my first year bow hunting. I'm pretty excited. Oh, oh, dude, I love it. So so after uh, after I stopped fighting, uh, I got fully immersed into bow hunting to where it, like, changed my whole life. How long have you been bow hunting now? Four years. Okay. Not very long, but I've it's I've long. hunted a lot. I mean, I've bow hunted like 200 times in four years. That's a lot. You do a lot of hunting. Oh, yeah. I was going – I won't be able to hunt that much this year, but I was – I was privileged uh, having a bartender job for a while. Uh, so, you know, obviously when you're working bars, you know, you work three days a week, pay your bills, and another four days a week, you know, I'd yeah. be out in the woods. Pretty flexible. Getting after it, yeah. That's what's so, up, dude. Yeah, I got a nice Matthews bow this year. I'm freaking ready to see. I got some pretty wicked arrows. Have you only hunted deer, or have you hunted anything else? No, never hunted anything else. I've turkey hunted. Um, never killed a turkey. 
Um, I want an elk hunt. I wanted an elk hunt I this really year. I really want to go elk hunting. That'd be so fun. I think that'd be next year. I wouldn't mind getting a bear at some time. That or, would be. Or even fucking, I'll go and get a boar, dude. Yeah. I wouldn't mind going getting a boar yeah. somewhere. Yeah. No, I anything that I could bow hunt, I'd do now. Fuck yeah. Because um, another way that I got into bow hunting was um, I feel kind of bad eating factory, factory farm. farm meat. Me too, man. I'm not You're about it. You're eating a fucking slaved animal that, that it's life. He was put here for a reason, and it wasn't the reason to be stuck in a pen shitting on itself all day, it's waiting just, to die. Yeah, it's just the conditions are so bad. I feel the, so much better the about eating wild game. The quality of the meat isn't really you watch that great. Them. Yeah, the quality is not good. Yeah, I'd rather eat and be a free animal. Yeah, right? for Ultimately sure. Ultimately, what it comes down to. Yeah, you're getting, you're getting. It's it's the best option. Yeah, it really is. Not everybody can hunt though. I mean, there are definitely some sustainable ways of providing. No, those, no, those massive fucking factory farms are not it. No, no, not at all. Not at all. So I love it. It's pastime. It makes me happy. I love butchering my own deer. I love I love everything about yeah. it. I love going out there and not seeing a single fucking deer and just watching the sun rise and set and just watching. I've had I mean, I've had so many cool moments bow hunting. I freaking so many I had a black wolf run up to my tree one time. Oh, that was a cool. straight wolf, dude. This thing was it was freaking nuts. That's uh, crazy. That's why I you freaking hunt in the tree, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's why I, like, I feel safe in a tree. Uh, I've had, <laughs> seen tons of coyotes. I freaking I remember one time I was sitting over this pond. Um, I shot a really nice buck and I I didn't kill him. I grazed his back. I felt that hurt. I felt like bad for hurting this animal. And also, I was a nice buck that I wanted. Yeah. Um, but uh, I remember right before that happened, I was watching this raccoon. He was like like as if like a little kid like floating on their back. He had his hands behind his head. He was on his back and he was fluttering his feet, <laughs> just taking laps in this pond, like straight leisure That's time. That's some shit you don't to ever watch see. a wild animal. Yeah. Just leisurely. Just take a just, swim. Just, oh, it was just little stuff like that. You're yeah. like, dude, there's a lot more going on than we think. Absolutely. You know, dude. just seeing stuff like that, yeah. watching them, a wild animal behave completely natural. Yeah. How they would if they didn't know, you know, like there's that saying to be a fly on the wall. That's right. what I feel like when I'm bow hunting. Oh. You know, I just get to be a fly on the wall and see how everything is. Yeah. You've immersed are. yourself into the, the, the natural state of things. Yeah. yeah. And it takes everything else away. I'm not all caught up in, you know. Getting stuck behind red lights, having to be at work of work, right. stressing about stupid shit, worried about the dishes, worried about all the first world problems. It just kind of goes away, and you can just be in that moment for that moment. Because it's hard to just be, you know? Yeah. You're always living in the past or the present or the future. It's hard to just always be. It's a, it's a skill. But bow hunting helps pay, take me out there. I fuck with it, man. I'm excited. I'm, I'm real excited to get out there this year. Just fucking get into a stand. Just hopefully I kill something. I doubt I will. I have no. I have got to go a lot. Yeah. Thp. If you watch the the hunting public, that's my favorite channel on YouTube. Those guys are. I'm gonna check it out. I've never watched it. Oh, dude, they're some good old boys from Iowa, (laughs) and they're fucking amazing deer hunters. Really? Oh yeah, they'll teach you everything you need to know. I'm with it. But uh, yeah, dude, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of money. I've spent so much money. I could have paid like almost half my student loans off. Yeah, between all the gear you have to buy and shit. Dude. Yeah, I'm just. I spend so much. Dude, I probably have like, like, dude, over easily, easily, probably almost double ten thousand, like probably twenty, fifteen to twenty grand, and just hunting shit. Shit, bro. Dude, who'd have thought that three hundred dollar fucking bare bow? Yeah. Would take you down a fucking. It, but it's but like, I mean, I got everything. Like I could go to Everest. But like, it's like I a slow accumulation. It's like you yeah, just yeah, yeah, you yeah, borrow no. that shit all once, right? Years, it's like yeah. man, you just. Oh, maybe get some new camos. Yeah. And you I mean, I have everything to survive. Like, I could literally survive in the wild That's with all the gear I have. I mean, I have satellite phones. I have the best binoculars. Oh. I have the best cold weather gear. I have, like, all the best everything. Yeah. Like, I've got, like, I'm covered A to B. 
Nice. Got my bow, got my arrows, got my broadheads, got everything you could ever need to survive the outdoors. That's legit, bro. Yeah, yeah. I think about that. I'm like, fuck, dude. That's going to cost a lot of money. Just a little bit at a time. I know. <laughs> I just tell myself just a little bit at Because it, it, it can be so daunting that that can make you, like, not want to do it. You're like, yeah. Oh, no, gotta. yeah. If I knew, if Keith told me how I, I, I cuss Keith out every time I buy something new from bow hunting. Because, dude, everything's, when you're going hunting, everything's fucking $400, $500. You want a range finder. You want one that's actually going to work when it's foggy out, 500 bucks. Yeah. You want to get a $100 one, you're going to smack in it when it's fucking conditions aren't perfect. I've learned that when you're out in the field, you, you got to spend good money. You get what you pay for. You get what you pay for, especially Tool. when you're out in the elements. Yeah. Because when you're out in the elements, you don't give a fuck what <laughs> it costs. You just need it to work. Yeah, I get so. it. Damn, dude. I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, shit, dude. We got to wrap this up, my man. Yep, you're good. Um, this has been a good time. Fuck yeah, it has. You've lived an interesting life. Oh, yeah. You've gone a lot some more shit. interesting shit to come. I'm sure there's a lot. Yeah, I'm sure we miss a lot of stories, man. But, dude, you've definitely overcome a lot of shit, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I'm, I appreciate uh, you sharing your I'm story I'm a warrior with me. of God. You know, it's, uh, you know, not everybody is given, uh, not everybody has the strength to endure what I've endured. And, uh, you know, God blessed me with this iron will, you know. Yeah. And uh, I have to use it, right? Like that's, like he, he was like, I'm gonna choose for you to be a warrior, and you're gonna have to like, since you're a warrior, you're gonna have to go to war. Like yeah. that's just, dude, struggle. That's how it is. You gotta go through struggle. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, dude, you gotta well. struggle. Gabe, thanks, my man. Um, is there anything? Is I'm gonna put in show notes, but is there anything that you wanted to like leave the people with as far as like if they wanted to reach out to you or anything? Uh, social. Get a hold of me on uh, Instagram. My Instagram's like uh, G Stein one three three. That was a way to wrestle in college. One hundred thirty three pounds. Yeah, now you're uh, fatty. I'm a little fatty. <laughs> hey, uh, dude, I got up to one seventy eight just a couple months ago, and I'm down to one fifty five oh, now. Oh, nice. Nice. So I lost a little bit of weight. Yeah, that's but, not dude, bad. I was getting fat as fuck. I was a fat and happy man. It happens. Got a pretty girl cooking you meals all the time. <laughs> watching movies with, you know. You get lazy, bro. Get, soft. You get soft. soft. Yeah. For real. But uh, yeah, so follow me on my Instagram. I'd love to see what kind of followers I get from this. Yeah, we'll see what's uh, up. You never know who else I'll inspire. You know, you never know who's going down that path right now of not being friends with themselves. Yeah. And they just got to be like, man, if this guy could do it, fucking It's never I too late, it. man. You can always change your life around. Fuck no, dude. I became a fucking. A damn good college wrestler, and I fucking never even wrestled until my first day in college. Dude, and that's the thing. Like, you didn't – you quit high school. So, yeah. therefore, obviously, like, at that time, college wasn't even on your – like, college? Like you. Yeah, I had no interest in those, like, going to school. Like, you're like, yeah. I'm done with school. Why would I want more of it? And then you end up being a college wrestler. So Exactly. You just never know where the path is going to fucking take you, I, dude. Yeah, Epictetus, right? Fate leads the willing and drags the unwilling. There you go. All right, my man. Well, until next time, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I did. Gabe is a really good dude. I really liked talking to him and just digging into his story. There's just so much I didn't know. I really hope everybody listening can take something away, especially from from Gabe's story, because we all go through shit, and we all hit a place in life where it's just like man how the fuck am I going to get through this and whatever that situation is it can be different for each and every one of us uh but man we can through struggle is growth and there 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 is and can be something better on the other side so hopefully you know if anything you learn from this story that man just just keep pushing forward. Um.
Um, that's all I have for you guys today. Keep being rad human beings. I love you. I will catch you next time. Bye. Mwah.